I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Welcome to the Anything Goes Podcast, the best geek and pop culture show broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and we're back, and we're continuing our monthly chronological exploration of the Halloween franchise. And since it's August, that's when we'll talk about the eighth movie, which means we're talking about Halloween Resurrection, because we're following it up after Halloween H2O. Now, the lack of enthusiasm in my voice is, should be an indicator for those who uh, are trying to figure out my feelings for this movie. If you are a diehard fan of this movie, if you are one of those people who really enjoy this, I think I, I should forewarn you right now. Stop the podcast now because I, it's not going to be a pretty, it's not going to be a pretty show. We're not going to pull any punches with this movie. It's not like it does not deserve of like, all right, it gets a free pass or anything like that. But I can't do this alone because like every Halloween uh, movie I do a retrospective on, I have Mike Wilson with me. <sighs> Marty, your dad's here. Uh, Alimony Towers. Happy birthday, Mike. Uh, this is my present. Uh, oh, this, uh, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> we just watched Halloween Resurrection. I don't know why. <laughs> we like pain. <laughs> Well, I am into like S and M, so you know what? Like, I, I I am into pain, but like, you know what? This is like, this is too much. This is unforgivable. Yeah, but at least the goal of S and M is to come. Yes. There's n- nothing. <laughs> the only thing you're gonna get is you want to you're gonna want to go. Everyone who comes in this movie is Buster Rhymes. <laughs> With certain facial expressions he has in the movie, yeah. But let's not uh, let's not uh, mince words anymore. Let's jump into our uh, let's get this uh, like, like a visit at the doctor's office. Let's get this over with quick. Let's jump into our review of Halloween Resurrection right now. see this flick well i first saw it opening day in 2002 you saw this opening day opening day in theaters being that it was halloween a halloween movie and my motivation was i was dying to figure out how they were going to explain their way out of the last one right i felt compelled to go see it um after h2o as everyone knows since halloween scared the living shit out of me and my Upset my life-altering uh, obsession with it. 
H2O I found to be very cathartic with, you know, the ending of the series, the death of Michael Myers, getting his head chopped off. So even though even though I keep watching it, you know, keep renting the movies all the time, I didn't really keep up on my Halloween news because I felt like it's over. I, I, I'm free. I'm free from the curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> get it? Just give me a doctor. Oh, yeah, somebody get me a doctor for watching this. I'm going to need the fucking head examined. But as the years went by, I'd keep up on, you know, news here and there, mm-hmm. seeing what was up, anything new, what's going on. And I was originally pre- pleasantly relieved to see that there was an effort made in the beginning to maybe go back to a whole, like, anthology series, like Halloween 3 type. Because I remember some early, early, I don't know if they were working titles or just like, because, you know, when you go on IMDb, you'll see untitled so-and-so project. Yeah. I remember that there was a little working title there for a little while, Halloween H2K, making it instantly dated. Y2K, yo! Y2K. I remember seeing that thrown around on HalloweenMovies.com, talking about, oh, yeah, it'll go back to the anthology series. No plot details whatsoever. So the idea was, it was really toyed, it was toyed around with and, and you know, kind of, I don't want to say thrown away, but they ultimately decided not to go with that because of, of Halloween 3's reputation. Yeah, because which they... Presumably, they learned their lesson. They didn't want to do that, and I, I'm gonna harken a guess to say it was the Akats who said, "No, we gotta do Michael Myers again," or it was the, the Dimension. I, I don't know. I, I I think I'm gonna say the Akats, but you know, I'm pulling this out of my ass completely. I don't know. I think just somebody figured, you know what? No, let's not do it. I decided to go with another Michael Myers movie, and I remember the first time seeing anything was I actually saw a TV spot as we got closer to release. That's how much, that's how out of the loop I became. So a TV spot, and I saw Michael Myers, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck happened now? Did he screw his own head back on or something? <laughs> like, I literally had, like, like you know, just a quick thought of him just picking up his head, putting it back on, <laughs> and then going back to killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Petey? His head fell off. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's Jim Carrey. I think Lloyd, Cr- Lloyd Christmas was the writer for Halloween Resurrection. That's That exp- is the only thing that explains it. With, with how pervy this script is, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. Um, I don't even know where to fucking go next. That's how demotivated I am. But, like, so, like, did you keep up with the Halloween franchise after that? Like, did you go back and rewatch the sequels and everything? Like And, like... Have the like even having the catharsis like did you get more and more in depth with the movies afterwards like no but I still watched them and loved them you know I okay. still rent them every now and again just saying I feel like watching a Halloween flick you know mm-hmm. let me go rent one or or you know buy one because I at that point what was it the the same year Halloween Resurrection came out that was when I bought my first PlayStation two and you know which ended up being my first DVD player so which was so many people's first DVD player. yeah. So I could rent it, rent it on DVD now, and you know, look at special features and stuff. And oh, look, it's in widescreen. Actually, I think back then it was they, they were still releasing the four by three pan and scans because mm-hmm. there was no such thing as uh, high def television yet. In, on no, the we do level. see a high def television within the confines of this movie, yeah. but we'll get there later. But as I understand it, the reason Halloween Resurrection went the way it did. And this story, I, f- I feel like this story's been so muddled. It has. I don't feel like the story's really changed at all. But just the, the why, the, the rhyme and reason has almost like come out like 
long after the fact. Like, I first heard of this particular reason in the 2010 Halloween Inside Story special on A&E, where Jamie Lee Curtis explained that during Halloween H2O, there was a clause in the contract saying that Michael Myers could never be killed. And apparently, I mean, it's on YouTube, folks. I love watching Halloween Inside Story. It's a great documentary about the first one, and they even talk about all the sequels and everything. Jamie Lee Curtis herself says, I didn't know. And I'm thinking to myself... How could you not know? It's a contract. Do you not sign, fucking read contracts before you sign them? I mean, do you Did read Apple all, write this fucking contract? Saying, do you read the terms and conditions of everything that you like you would sign on like online or anything like that? No, because when I when I download iTunes, I'm not committing to something that I'm going to both make money off that I'm both going to profit off of and, you know, have a creative involvement in the future. Right. You're not like Bilbo Baggins and the Hobbit who will read every line of the yes. contract just in case if he does get eaten by a dragon or Bilbo anything Bilbo Baggins like would not have participated in Halloween H2O because he would have read that part at the end. It's like, did your lawyer not see it? Like, people oh, like have maybe, to- she didn't even cons- like, maybe she didn't even consult her or manager or her agent and just sign the dotted line knowing that she got a payday and a resurrecting her career, no pun intended. Well, orig- no, that's because that's the thing with Halloween H2O. Her, according to her story, originally it was the, the spark of her idea to get this 20 anniversary thing going the way it was and mm-hmm. then everyone got the enthusiasm for it and wrote it the way they did mm-hmm. you know but it was her initial spark that got it going she had the enthusiasm and as she has set, stated ne- now in recent interviews for halloween 2018 which i'm just gonna call it halloween 2018 yeah it's the only way to know, differentiate at this point for halloween 2018 she says she quotes halloween h2o as being uh, uh something that a uh, passion creative project that turned into a money project because the, when the studio started getting involved and interfering and all these other things and changing the mask and changing this and, you know, adding clauses into contracts, you know, it, it, she ended up doing it. She was actually, according to, uh, I believe it was the commentary track, yes, or- the, the Scream Factory one from the box set of H2O, she almost left the project just weeks before filming because of all this bullshit. Really? Yeah. Until Kevin Williamson actually came up with the idea with the whole... Um, paramedic thing presented it to her and she only agreed to do it where if halloween h2o ended with something definitive where the audience thinks michael myers is fucking dead yeah completely dead no way of a sequel you know and they the the um footage in the recap in the beginning of resurrection where they're at hillcrest and showing michael myers in the paramedic outfit which we'll we'll get to when we get to our plot synopsis that was all filmed uh after the last day of principal photography of halloween h2o Oh, really? That was filmed and saved. So this idea of how it could continue was saved. Footage was filmed of how to do it was saved. Okay. But the project didn't necessarily become that instantaneously. They did still toy around with the idea of making going back to the anthology idea. I was curious about that because I wonder if it was like, all right, how do we retcon this ending of H2O and try and fit it into the confines of Resurrection or anything? And I thought they just built those two – that one corner of the set – for the university. Well, the inside university, you literally could have shot that fucking anywhere. Just yeah. paint the walls the and right color. The, and I'm pretty sure that I, I, I could have sworn the mask that, that we see, at least in profile, of him crushing the larynx of the paramedic. I thought that was the resurrection mask, not it the... It looked a lot like it. Because the eyebrows. Because the eyebrows yeah. are very distinct in the resurrection mask. And also, and also, Michael Myers' mask isn't supposed to have eyebrows. No, I know. That's why it's another weird thing we'll get to when we get to his... Oh yes, and, and and when they show the there, when they like, when they like recap the footage of him getting his head chopped off in the that final scene from Resurrection uh, from H2O when his head severed head rolls away, they try to recreate it for the unmasking of the paramedic, and they're using the Resurrection mask. You can tell it's two different things. Yeah. 
Uh, ah! So my ah! friend, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Why does this exist? Why does this exist? Because it's a product. Yeah, because it is clearly a product. I mean, like... <sighs> it is movie film product made for money, profit. It is so hollow of anything creative. It's hollow in, in the form of a being an, uh, a piece of art. Well, if you want to go with that when it comes to that... Watch Halloween and then watch Halloween Resurrection back to back and just see how fucking far gone things are. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and say that nobody put any effort into us to this because you, you nobody I, wants to make a bad movie. I've said this before. Working with you on your films has shown me the appreciation of what it goes into making a film. Mm-hmm. It could suck horribly, but there's an effort that goes into it. There's a fun people have. Yeah. You know, there's a creative spark. There's a, it, it's a process. You become like a little family working together. Right. All for the same goal, and you'll, you'll love it. And and even from the behind-the-scenes footage of this, like we watched, everybody looks like they're having a good time making it. Yes, and, and there, was, there was definitely an effort, you know, from a production standpoint to make something good. I feel like the writing... I feel like the writing was your typical, you know, okay, let's take this treatment and actually film that instead of continue to flesh it out. Yeah. You had very basic ideas. You had interesting angles and ideas that just didn't execute properly. There was, an, you know, and since Jamie Lee Curtis was, you know, obligated, I guess, now with his contract to come back for a cameo in this one, they opted to f- kill Laurie Shirt off. Jamie Lee Curtis, she wanted, she wanted to be done. She wanted, like she wanted with H2O, she wanted it to be done. Yeah. So, and we watched the behind the scenes um, th- special feature mm-hmm. on the copy we watched and her talking about how feeling like Halloween can't move on with this new story until the previous one is wrapped up. I, and I totally agree with that, you know, completely that idea. It's like it is time to wrap this Laurie Strode thing up. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing, too, is where do you go next? I feel like the basic plot structure we had in this movie is a safe. Where do you go next? Like the Myers house, you know, that's always something that's there. That will, yeah, it's a constant. Yes, it's a constant. Um, anything interfering with the Myers house, a, a foreign presence in the Myers house, is something that trigger can trigger Michael Myers. Yeah, to it kill. would be a good inciting incident for Michael to go on his stalking and killing spree within within the house. But. The problem with it, which I feel happens constantly throughout the movie, and I remember this when I saw it in theaters, I get this feeling of every setup and payoff we get, like we're set up for something, and the payoff goes fucking nowhere with it in multiple parts of the movie. Something feels like it's set up, and I'm waiting for this payoff, and it never fucking comes. It could be from little plot element details to major things to even the ending. It just feels like, it feels like a basic paint-by-numbers kind of story. It doesn't have, it it doesn't have like the other all of the movies, even six, which we you know ragged on endlessly. Six has a thing where the place the movie ends at has changed everything from where it started at. Yeah, it's not like because if at the end of a story you want at least a character to have a arc or something. If a scene like you think even if like the block of a scene. Like, you have two people enter a room, character A wants one thing, character B wants another, conflict ensues, somebody wins, somebody loses, the dynamic of those characters have changed since they began at the end of the scene. And so, 
Yeah, and so, and so like, I, I'm a real professional, folks. I, I don't take my phone off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> my house phone. Well, I feel like almost the problem isn't so much with the character arcs because, yeah, you could see how these characters, their lives are changed forever. I'm just talking with how this changes everything, how, how the story has – how the overall arcing story of Michael Myers and – the Halloween, I guess, mythology, you could call yeah, because, it, like, you think of, like, is right, in a completely different place at the end from where it was in the beginning. End of Halloween 1, he disappears and he could still be out there. Halloween 2, he is presumably dead and Laurie's a changed person. And, a changed person, the town is a changed place. Halloween 4, uh, Jamie Lloyd could potentially be the next Michael Myers but, if him being dead. But even if he isn't, her, you know, life has changed, her family's like the town has been, you know, irreparably you know, fucked up by this point. Halloween five, everything is boiling over to such a certain po- to such a crazy point. Potentially, and- Loomis is dead, and Michael's still out there. Potentially, Loomis is dead. All the entire police force is dead. Jamie Lloyd is missing. You know, mm-hmm. just so many major things. And six, we have- six, we, the, the fucking Thorn Cult has been revealed as the thing as the thing. You know, and the place that Michael Myers stayed for all those years was the thing that contained him mm-hmm. and created him. Practically, yeah. H two O, you know, uh, Lori's been found, and now she's, uh, for all intents and purposes, if there were an epilogue, outed as as you know the long lost sister of Michael Myers, and, she's and all a- these people are killed, and now this place will never be the same. And she finally puts Michael to rest with chopping off his head. Yes, and this resurrection, Michael. Michael- a bunch of people are in Michael Myers' house. He kills a whole bunch of them. He does kill Laurie, but like that is a change in the story. But there's not there. Once he kills Laurie Strode, that is fucking it. There is not a single mention of her death. It has no repercussions on the rest of the film. Take that out. Take that at the beginning of that movie. Take like Laurie Strode out. Start the movie at the at the university. It would it, it would fuck it. the movie would flow exactly the same way. You would not feel lost one bit. And that's how you know that part of the movie is kind of pointless. If it has no effect on the overall narrative, it does not belong in the movie. I kept waiting for it. I kept waiting. The the, the, the scene when um the, uh, the one character, the psychology check. I'll remember these names eventually. Maybe if I'm, my brain doesn't try to force these memories out. Sarah, what, the main character? No, 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 no. The 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 redhead who. Uh, oh shoot. Uh, the redhead psychology major who yes. who calls who calls Kelso from that '70s show a pervert and then just decides to fuck him in the dingy basement. Yeah. Because because potentially because women because because uh, woman characters yeah like this it, was this movie was also heavily produced by Harvey Weinstein and it shows with how how like, it Bobby, shows. just like how perverted the movie is she finds you know the little newspaper article of Laurie Strode even though it's with the fucking production still from the original Halloween right like, well, like what's the what's the in universe exp- explanation for that there was a fucking stalker who sold the picture. While she was sitting on the bench with the big pumpkin waiting for Annie to pick her up. But there's yeah. an article there. It doesn't mention her fucking death. No. Nothing. I presume that's an article from the original Attack in 78. Nothing. But Well, well obviously. But, I mean, where'd they get that picture from? Some fucking creepy pervert taking pictures of the town residents? Yeah, but then you also ask the same question, that picture of Loomis in H2O. Cause that's oh, I know. That's from him from Halloween 2. But, I mean, I-, I waited for that. I waited for the main character, Sarah, There's some to be some revelatory thing with her, you know? Just for anything, just for a fucking blip of story that I could invest in, and nothing. I look at all the all the props and stuff that all the the people find in the Myers house. You know, all all the the shit where they're trying to figure out not a fucking goddamn thing. It that all turns out to be bullshit. You know, right? I'm waiting for the story to happen, and the story doesn't fucking happen. I always described it as this to people: this would be a strong strong plot if there were a Halloween TV show. And this was a single episode? And this was a single episode. 
Or, or like a multi-part episode, a four-part multi-episode, you know? Part Halloween, uh, the Dangertainment, part one, part two, part three, part four. Yeah, because, like, like before I get to my deal, let me just get my quick knowledge of, like, I don't remember the first time I saw this. It may have been during the AMC Marathon, or it may have been, I don't think I rented it on its own. This movie has is so forgettable. Well, just to close out my last point, this fucking movie story is inconsequential in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, it left no impression on me other than like the certain things that we we make fun of, and I find to be humorous in a very sadistic way. You, even the worst one, even six, you could fucking pick something out of. Yes, I mean we all cling to Paul Rudd's wooden acting in that movie, and, but still, from a story point of view, you could cling to some fucking idea that's going to stick happening, with you that yeah. has a payoff. Exactly, that makes you go, "Oh wow," or or go, "Oh god," but this you're just like. When the fuck is something going to happen? It is completely passive in, in every way, shape, and form. So yeah, that, that, I have no, I can't remember the first time I saw this, and like, but and so I, I apologize. There's no big revelation in that regard. However, um, before we got to the, the zombie remake and the new movie, what if this was transitioned into a TV series and like done like 24, where an entire season, like say like 10 to 13 episodes, takes place. In like two days, like the thirtieth and the thirty-first. I feel like the fucking. It, I, I'd almost feel like it still wouldn't matter. Maybe on the, if you chop it down into an episodic, bite-sized yeah. amounts, maybe it, some you'd get something like maybe just the thought of a cliffhanger would satisfy you. Mm-hmm. The thought of like, okay, this they just introduced this plot point. Uh, they're looking for clues on to onto uh, what made Michael Myers go crazy in this house. End episode. Oh, are they gonna find something? I better tune in next time. All these plot points like that, you're just waiting for a fucking answer. And either you don't get it or you get it and it's just like, oh, fuck. Right. Like all the stuff, all the things they find in the house, they're allegedly clues. It was all props set up because who would want to watch this boring shit? Right. They answered, yeah, yeah, you you guys answered your own fucking question in the movie. Who'd want to watch this boring shit? Yeah. And I don't think this movie's clever enough to think that it's meta and it's actually addressing the audience. No. I mean, mean, and, and... it's so fucking uh, – this movie's so dated, too. Yeah. Like, I, I've said it before, maybe even on this podcast, but I know I've said it to you. Any movie that relies on the modern technology of the day for its plot is instantaneously fucking dated. The funny thing is, like, I, like I'm, in, I'm in the process of writing my first feature, and, like, one of the characters is a YouTube star and everything. I was like, ah. Oh. But I'm wondering, like, do I make it of its time? Do I make it, like – and just, like, all right, let me just tie this to – Today, today and age, and then 30 years, people are going to make it look it's going to be so quaint in yeah. comparison. I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, though. I, I mean, I feel like the best movies, even with the, the absence of modern technology, the fact that there's no, like, reliance on it within the plot, you know, makes it makes it something you could watch in any era. Right. I mean, yes, things like the fashion and, and styles of the day and, and the overall looks, like the type of cars people drive and stuff, that'll, that'll date it in appearance. But when you get down to it, there is nothing about that these characters use or are a part of that is really going to, you know, date what they do. Right. Like, there's like, like one of the ways, like, three movies that pop to mind specifically that they're kind of a mixture of time periods, so you don't know exactly when it is. It's the usual suspects. Because, like, like, yes, it is very 90s, but there are certain things like that looks a little bit older than you expected. Seven's the same way. You don't know what time period that is. And then Napoleon Dynamite. 
uses several different yes it does have technology but it's a technology of several different decades rolled into once you don't know it's kind of a conglomerate of when you when that movie actually takes place you don't know when so yeah but like oh like oh we're making a movie that heavily relies on snapchat yeah in 40 years that's gonna be like with this with like the the whole this is like a combination of like the the reality show craze of the early 2000s which i mean it's it's still going on reality shows and whatnot yeah I don't know if it's I, thanks to streaming media. Fucking, I don't and, even and watch dram- television and, and, anymore. Yeah, and yeah, I realized I, I've watched. I have not watched really any new TV in like all, this entire year. Yeah, it's just been YouTube content creators that I've been rather watched. The only thing I, I stopped like this week, I binged the first season of Better Call Saul because I'm like I need legitimate TV, and thank God uh, I, that's where I, I dive myself into. Yes, it's a it's a reality web show that you stream on your computer at a time when fucking only, like, the top of the, lo- you know, the, the high rollers had a fucking cable modem. Right. You know, forget fiber optic. Like, I had a cable modem only because both my mother and stepfather were involved with computers. It definitely Most seems- people still had, like, either dial-up or DSL at best, and mm-hmm. you could not fucking stream jack shit over that. This movie definitely seems like a response to both Two movies specifically. We have like the last broadcast, which was broadcasted into movie theaters around the world at the time. But of course, the bigger one is Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. and it's definitely reliant on the, the kind of like the high eight, the video quality, and people being stuck in there. There's even one shot in there that looks like it's mimicking the famous image of of uh, what's her name in Blair Witch Project, like with the camera right in front of her. Face. Oh yes, yeah. when Sarah takes the camera, the the head, headset, head the camera. headset camera off, looks at herself to say, "Deckard, where is he?" Yeah, it definitely looks like it's like the, the moment in Blair Witch Project when it's the the woman of the trio saying, "Like I am so scared right now. I'm I, I'm afraid to close my eyes." And it's the the, the um, flashlight underneath her eyes and underneath her face, and then she's crying and like tears are coming down. And, and the like, amazing fucking Sherry O. Terry parody in Scary Movie where she just has boogers and everything's <laughs> falling out of her nose. But yeah, speaking of the characters of Sarah and Deckard, she, she talks to him via email on a fucking Palm Pilot. Yeah. Nowadays, you would just take out your cell phone and receive an email. Yeah. That was a thing back then. You had a tiny Palm Top computer, very slow, very... Uh, underpowered, but could do basic things like receive emails. Take notes. Take planner. notes, calendar. Yeah. I still have one. It's actually only a few feet away from us right now. Have you tried turning it on recently? The batteries are dead. Okay. Actually, I think the whole thing died. Okay. But I do remember somebody actually made like a little Dragon Ball RP- Dragon Ball Z RPG game and put it on there. Really? For Palm for Palm OS, and I was able to get it to work. Huh. It's like, It looks like a Game Boy game. He only got like two levels done, or like two areas. But, but independent, like... Oh, and everything like yeah. I mean, it played it played like a Game Boy game. That's yeah, how you know primitive the graphics are on there, but they were meant for like actual like daily planning and stuff. So it, it is curious to see like how this movie is kind of shat into existence, and it's a mean <laughs> thing to say, but it's kind of true. You know, it's not a mean thing existing to say. Uh, it's not a mean thing to say because fucking how do all movies begin as a fucking i you know as an idea? Yeah, as a thought. This was clearly an idea thought by a fucking committee based on making money and advertising and products and because, I mean, okay, we have the hot rap star of the day, Buster Rhymes, in it. That's okay because we had LL Cool J in the last one and his career was, you know, on the uptick again in the 90s. Yeah, and then you had, uh, I think, uh, we also have Tyra Banks in this and then we have, I also... Well, it's like, how fucking over the top can we write Buster Rhymes' character in this, you know? Right, then we even had, uh, what's her name, um, in Freddy vs. Jason, um, I forget. Oh, uh, Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. Yeah. 
But at least she was written decently in that one, even though she does say a homophobic slur to Freddy. She calls Freddy Krueger a faggot. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, the other really terrible F word to say. Oh, man. And I mean, like, this movie, this movie, with the Me Too movement going on. Oh, my God. I hope that this movie comes back. And the fact that it's produced by the Weinstein. That's like the, the, the irony is, is so just like. It's like, oh my god! It's just like you—you you figure like you—you—you're dumbfounded by that. I am convinced that the character of Bill was written by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, the one the, played by uh, played by Thomas Ian Nicholas, uh, uh, Rowan uh, Gardner from Rookie of the Year, uh, and and uh, what's his face from American Pie, the one the, the like the leader guy who says, "Oh, we made a pact to all get laid." The one the Tara Reid's boyfriend in that movie. Yeah. Was he also in King Arthur's, like, uh, oh, like a kid in King Arthur's court or something like that? He gets thrown back in time and everything. Who gives a fuck? Anyway. For some reason, but, that did, my ADD just kicked in right there for a moment. But Go he's on. just the biggest sex pervert. Like, all the women, like, every character in this movie is written to be an, over, an exaggeration of, you know, their respective, you know, social circles. I'm not saying I was not the, like, the, like, I, like, I'm only a few years out of college. Like, yes, I was a very horny dude in college. I'm still very, I'm still like, a, 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 a like that to an extent here. But I know how to control and how to act around women and everything. I don't even just mean that. I mean just like, like we have the 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 girl. She's the the. Uh, I'm gonna get this fucking character's name. She's okay. the one, Donna. She's the psychology major. So she's talking in big words, you know, kind of hippie-ish, you know, to show how intelligent she is and talking. Right. Oh, I my motivation for finding out Michael Myers is to find out why. Blah, 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 blah. It is the broadest way of it's like the most loosest form of characterization ever in a Halloween franchise. And yes, Halloween Six is still exists. Like if we're taking Halloween Six into the account and everything, like Barry Sims had more dynamic characters in Halloween Six than any of the characters here. Yeah, I mean, you have that. And he had two scenes. You have the character of Jim, who's the music major, so he has to look like a fucking, you know, but he looks like Kelso from that 70s show. Yeah, Kelso and Jim Morrison look like thing. You know, and then you got uh, Sean Patrick Thomas before he saved the last dance. <laughs> As the uh, the uh, culinary major, all he talks about is fucking food. It's like, how fucking one-dimensional can you write these fucking characters? I get it. In the original Halloween, you know, there was a little bit of that. Like, Laurie's the, the, the straight-A student, so she's got to dress all conservative, be all worried about books and stuff. And, and, and then you have Linda, who Who's the, the the cheerleader that loves to fuck around the boyfriend? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you have Annie, who's who's, who's you know, she's the tough Tom one. Boy, kind of like she's Tom the tomboyish. Boy, yeah, you know? it's like there's that, but they aren't so goddamn flat and one fucking dimensional. They at least feel real. Yeah, and like even like like at least Annie and like Lori had like that at least that that quiet moment in the car when they're going off to like when it's like yeah. when they're talking about bed treatment. Like, yeah, they're like Annie can be very sweet and everything to it, and Lori can be, open up and feel like and like she's able to. Articulate her affection to somebody. Lori's showing a genuine like shyness and nervous and anxiety about telling her friend who she likes, you know, because right. it's not her thing, and and it all feels genuine. Yes, I mean, like I don't know if it's just, like if that's just Carpenter and uh, well, Deborah Hill wrote De- all the dialogue and, uh, for the girl. Deborah yeah. Hill was really the one in charge of the girls, then, right? And and their characters. Carpenter wrote a lot of like Loomis and stuff and everything. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it, it feels just it, it feels like cookie cutter. So, like, because oh, I don't want to take too much pot shots of the actors, because like, what they were given with it. No, exactly. Like, I don't blame any of the actors for anything. This is not a fucking let's go harass them on fucking Instagram until they leave it no. type deal. These are people they wanted to work, get a credit, yeah. so they can move on to their next project. It's a it's a famous franchise. It's a step. You're exam. probably getting paid well. Yeah. So it's it's why not jump on this? You know. Right. Why the fuck wouldn't you? I'd love to be in a Halloween. I'd, I'd be in fucking Halloween 6. Yeah. I'd when, be in Halloween Resurrection just to tour their fucking mock-up Myers house. Yeah. 
Just to yeah. walk in, I I wouldn't be able to get a single take right because I'd just be fucking too much in, in awe of where I'm at, even though it's even though it's uh, uh, essentially a replica right. and, and a you know flawed replica at that too, which we'll we'll get into. But with that in mind, let's get into the movie itself. And so the movie opens up three years after the incident at the col- the high school in California. L- Lori Stoll is now committed because she had killed an innocent person because Michael Myers switched out his body yes, suit we- with a paramedic. And-, and I will, and I have to give him this at least in the opening credits with the Halloween theme. I did enjoy the original score in this. Yes, they got the Halloween theme back to back to sound you know simple, and there was definitely a little more reverb effects added in there, which gave it an atmosphere. But like the, the logos, the opening like titles just looked cheap. They had this like fading light behind them. Yeah, look. and it just looked just like it just looked so cheap. It looked so iMovie like. I'm just like, ah. Oh. It was very minimalist. I th- but at the same time, I could see their motivation because it's like the originals credits were minimalist. You know. Yeah, and I guess it's definitely meant to look a little more digital because of the fact that yeah, this is a digital aged movie. So so we got an opening perspective of going down along basement corridor where Laurie talks about a tunnel and behind it is heaven or hell and everyone goes down the street. Yeah, I've been... Have you been down the tunnel, Tim? Did you find heaven or hell yet? I'm still I, waiting. I'll I, I wait. Like, if, to, if I have to watch this movie again, I may have uh, express tickets to this tunnel. I'm still waiting for this fucking arbitrary line that someone thought up, you know, while on the fucking toilet bowl. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it's it the same kind of, like... Uh, Dialogue not, in this movie sucks my it, fucking dick. It's, 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 the nonsense is kind of like, I, I mentioned it, like, when we were watching it, it's like... Bob Shea's dialogue in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, when they're talking about the Dream Master, that uh, a Dream Master is the one who keeps um, the evil entity in check and everything. And it's like, like explaining what that like what characters going to be doing in that movie. Like damn near every time a character goes to describe something in this movie, we don't the, have a white horse. That's the that, dia- that, I'm, I'm glad about that. The dialogue sounds like something somebody just fucking wrote while sitting on the fucking shitter. Just like, all right, I gotta come up with something. Um, hmm, a tunnel, a, t- uh, a tunnel, you know, and there's a there's a door because that's our that's part of our opening shot. Okay, um, tunnel door behind that door. Hmm, behind that door could be something good or bad. Good or bad. Ah, heaven, he- heaven or hell. I mean, like, or he was listening to fucking Black Sabbath that day. I don't want to give that. I don't want to associate that. No, tri- that transcendent of a song with this this movie. But, uh, but opening, it, 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 it's like a figurative thing that becomes literal because that's what the fucking opening shot is. We're yeah. walking down a basement tunnel, then a hallway, and we get to a door. Yeah, it definitely seems like the the, the voiceover narration was thrown this in. Is the door. I mean, like you like an opening image of a movie is very important, and like it, it should set up the like the kind of the ideas and feelings to that movie. Like you think of. John Carpenter's Christine, it opens up with the factory of the building the cars and everything. Scream, it opens up on the telephone being picked up by Casey Becker. Um, Halloween, we see, we see, we see the, like, we see the house, we, we see the Myers house. Someone's see, stalking in the night. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we see a mountain, and then we see Indiana Jones take over the center of the frame, and everybody follows as him, so he shows so much authority in that scene. And this arbitrary nonsense. Yeah. Which sets the tone for the rest of the fucking movie. Yes, and so Laurie is now Committed Seem- to a mental institution. And seemingly catatonic based upon, like, she killed an innocent man believing it's his brother. We get the explanation from two nurses, one young nurse, who I guess is, like, the new intern, and then the old nurse. Exposition. That explains the whole thing. Oh, Laurie Strode. She's the sister of Michael Myers. Michael Myers? You mean the serial killer? Oh, what happened? So we get we get a recap, and we get the explanation of how Michael Myers screwed his head back on, where at the end of H2O, uh, after... 
Lori had knocked Michael off the balcony and was just about to stab him to death, and a little Cool J stops her. Mm-hmm. When the cops finally arrived to take his body out, the first paramedic that went in there went in there by himself, where Michael sprung back to life, grabbed him by the neck, and choked him until he passed out. Crushing his larynx in the process. Crushing his larynx so he can't talk. But So he can't talk and apparently can't flail his arms or pull off the fucking mask. Yeah. Michael then switches clothes with the paramedic, who is clearly not the same body type or build. No, and he walks out with the butcher knife and nobody questions this. Lori doesn't say, say when she sh- sends him flying through the windshield, gee, Michael, you shrank. Yeah. And he's not writing paid. So Lori, when Lori steals the body and goes driving down the highway with it, that's really the paramedic's body and Michael escaped into the night. Okay, I can see that. And he's being crushed by a van. I can see that if the ending of of H2O didn't continue this way. With Laurie slamming on the brakes, sending Michael Myers flying through a windshield, to which he just sat up, got up, stood there standing at the van. You know, because an average person who just got his larynx crushed by a serial killer, if he goes flying through a van van windshield, he's not going to be writhing around in pain or anything. And trying to yank off the mask. Or trying to yank off the mask first thing. You know, why can't I breathe? He's, you know, or even once he got out of the body bag, yank off the mask. And like, mm, just wave. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm, exactly. Nothing anyway. like that. Well, flailing, you couldn't see me, folks, but I was flailing my arms with it. Or even take off the mask first thing he gets out of the body bag, because if your larynx is crushed, it's probably pretty hard to breathe. Yeah. Unless he's got, like, the most perfect sinuses ever. And I doubt he did. And even when you're kind of fucking exhausted and in shock, the first thing, you know, when your body's kind of in shock, you, you mouth breathe almost as a reflex. Like, yeah. <sighs> no effort is that. So apparently this paramedic is also a bodybuilder because he can handle flying through a windshield, landing on the ground, and just sit up and stare at the van, you know, not fucking take off the mask. Even if he had a concussion, he'd be staggering around. He could also handle being hit by said van, tumbling down a hill, and having said van land on him, Pressing him between the, the van and a tree branch. And trying to reach out to Laurie Strode rather than yank off the mask. Rather than pull the fucking mask off. Instead, he'll just look confused, put his hands on his head. And reach out. And then reach out to her. With, with a very coy look on his face. Like, like touching hands. Like, you just, like a coy look on his eyes. I can't say on his face because he's wearing a mask. But yeah. I said that at the end of H2O. He had this like look in his eyes. Like, like come here. Like, come here. Come here. Come here. And he reached his hand out. And she didn't fall for it and chopped his fucking head off. So, and then, uh, I'm about to strangle myself with this microphone cord. Not, please don't do that until the end. I know, so, it's your cord. And so, yeah. So, and she, so she killed the paramedics, the guilt riddled her, and she's been in a fucking mental hospital for three years waiting for his inevitable return. The two nurses give her a medicine, which she pretends to take, but spits into the back of her raggedy end doll. Maybe she's saving all the medicine to eventually end her life because she's in Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> And at the same time, security guard is checking the ground and finds out one of the other... Um, well, she sees Michael outside the window because plot. Yeah. He's standing out the window, and then he just disappears while she's Jason Bourne style. Um, because plot. Yeah. And so uh, a security guard is trying to have a cigarette while checking the grounds, runs into a, another mental patient named Harold to dress like John Wayne Gacy. He kind of looks like John Wayne Gacy. He does look like John Wayne Gacy. He does look like the kind of person who would invite a kid, uh, want, boy back to his rumpus room. You know what I wonder? I wonder if he was the actor in the movie Gacy because he looked a lot like him. Uh, like where this like like the there was there was Gacy there was an Ed Gein movie there was a another one with, I think um, Kane Hodder played a um, one of the killers I'm trying to think of. he he didn't play Ed Gein no I think he was too he's too big to be Ed Gein because I think Ed Gein was like, no it wasn't him um, anyway and so yeah and so the security guard brings back to his hole 
um, his room, I should say. Uh, one of the other security guards watching the monitors. Yes, we see security guards looking at monitors with Michael Myers walking around the hospital. Where have I seen that before? Oh, right. This is directed by Rick Rosenthal, Halloween 2 fame. And we have to say the character of Harold, he's obsessed with – did we say that? Not yet. Okay, he's obsessed with serial killers. He's wearing a clown mask and talking about John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Um, he he like has everything about serial killers memorized. That comes that comes into play in a couple minutes. Yeah. You know, the, the security guards they look at the footage and they think it's Harold walking around because he's kind of the Michael Myers on the camera is out in the distance. Yeah. So they go to put him back in his room. They stop at a vending machine because the the fat one didn't have dinner, so he has to eat yeah. because, because you know body sh- hashtag body shaming. Yep. We're off to a great start, Harvey. Mm-hmm. The other security guard follows him into the laundry room. The, the guy gets. Ah! Yes, we there's a scream, scream, there's a scream, scream while the fat one is stuffing his face with, like, marshmallow peeps or whatever the fuck yeah. he got. Goes in there, you know. He's wishing that the cholesterol and, like, maybe his heart were clogged before. He'll have to face it, it, the negative end, and the, it, his ending here. At that point, I'd have just tipped the machine over and fucking hauled ass with every, as much as I could grab. <laughs> yeah, with the old, like, Doritos logo and everything in there. The classic Doritos logo. So he goes to investigate. There's the, the washing machines, washing the sheets or whatever. Uh, he stops it. Well, it's making a knocking noise. He stops it, opens it up. There's a severed head inside of, yeah. of his friend. But meanwhile, when he walked up to it, the sheets, the white sheets were rolling perfectly with no blood. He didn't, no. You know, cause Only when you open it, it's finally suddenly red stained. Suddenly red. And then as he walks back, he trips over the, the headless corpse of, of his fellow security guard, which he, he totally didn't notice somehow. when he walked in. And Michael Myers pu- re- redoes his, uh, his, his, eight, that, his H2O thing, showing he could still do one-handed pull-ups as he which lowers is, which, himself from Which a makes beam. me fucking jealous because I can't do one-arm one uh, pull-ups and everything, even with my good arm. Yeah, but you're not in Halloween Resurrection, so you win. Good point. And then he just cuts the throat of the security guard, And the which security guard instantly, instantly dead uh, because horror movies. I, I can't give Halloween Resurrection shit for that because everybody does that. Yeah. This is like the only cool shot we see in the entire movie. We see the shadow of Michael Myers look at one of his victims, turn, and then walk away. Like that's like the only cool visual of this movie. And then like maybe sure. next exterior <laughs> shot of the house. Sure. And so Michael charges with his frizzy hair, like he just stuck his dick into an outlet and headbutts yeah, the door for down. For whatever reason, the hair is so frizzy. It's it's got this like. It, like cartoon electric shock look. Yeah. He like, looks like Marv in Home Alone 2, Home Alone 2. after he touches the electrified sink <laughs> that's hooked up to the arc welder. <laughs> he turns into a skeleton. You know, I, I told you about that, right? That when I saw that as a kid, I thought that that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and because I was into like performing physical comedy for people to make them laugh, I wanted to actually do that. What, shock yourself? Yes, because like he turned into a skeleton and then turned back. And I'm like, how did that, that happen when you get to like, oh, I want to get shocked like that and turn into a skeleton. So, Have you I, tried if, electrocuting yourself doing that? No. If I was no, I've been electrocuted. I was electrocuted on a fucking uh, air conditioning condenser. Yes, two forty volt air conditioning condenser. Thankfully, yes. the amperage was low enough, or else I would have been died. Yeah, you need to be a be disconnected with a piece of wood because anything metal would just be zapped wherever. Fucking, fucking my, what was it? My fingernail was too long. I got caught in it. That's how. So I pulled it back. Like the, the edge of the fingernail ripped, ripped off. Ooh, ouch! It wasn't the whole nail itself. It was the part that was too long. So essentially, I got a free like nail clipping on one finger. It it. it uh, you learned to keep your nails short from that point on, didn't you? It's when I worked, yes. And I actually I talked to the guy I was working with, who was a former electrician. I said, "Dude, should I go to the hospital?" He's like, "Dude, I love with you. I've been electric shocked by worse shit than that many times. I think it'd be okay." <laughs> a little too easy. No, in the background we see Timmy getting shocked by the electrical fence in Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> ten thousand volts. That kid should be dead. I'm sorry. Um, 
And so Michael headbutts the door down and uh, proving proving he's got that Scottish head. Yeah, <laughs> you can headbutt anything. That's one thing we need a serial killer that headbutts people to death. And just like he headbutts them, he headbutts That's them. That's what we call. He'll be called Hammerhead. Yes, he headbutts people and they like scanners explode. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how fucking cool would that be? That'd be so dope. Okay, nobody steal that idea. Trademark uh, Mike and Tim. And so, and Copy, Mike, copyright 2018 through the lens productions. Exactly. We're going to fucking sue your fucking ass into poverty. Yeah. And then when you're on the street, we're going to sue you out of your cardboard box because it's probably got a fucking corporate logo on the side of it. <laughs> your Amazon box is coming with us. And so Michael goes to stab who thinks Lori's in the bed, but no, she's behind him and he cracks him with the lamp. With the it's, lamp. it's the old pillows under the sheets routine. The only thing that was missing was a long bed sheet tied in the knots hanging out the window. <laughs> I mean, it works for the ring race, I think. It worked for Michael Myers. It works in Batman and Robin. Uh, oh, yeah, it did work in Batman and Robin. So she shits him over the head with the lamp and goes running down the hall. He's hauling ass after her. Yeah, it look, Jamie Lee Curtis' expression in this moment looks like she's trying to run away from the contractually obligated appearance of this she, movie. Oh, she was trying to run away from this movie just like all of us. <laughs> and at this point, uh, Mike, Michael Myers, he's played by Canadian stuntman Brad Laurie. This was filmed entirely in Canada with the exception of the H2O you know, recap footage that they shot at the end of that. Oh, yeah. His performance, I feel, varies. There's, there's moments where he's good. Right here, I think he's good in it. His pursuit of her through these hallways has a rhythm. It's got a body language to it. It, It's, it's like almost like the T one thousand. You know, he's like walking after you. But earlier, when we see him walking in the security cam footage, he looked like someone. He, I said during during our viewing experience, he looked like. A freaking frat house guy who who's uh what is a it? Pledge. His his pledge task was to walk around a hospital after not sleeping for a week and hold a roll of dimes between his butt cheeks while he's walking. Yeah, because he drops him, he has to start over. Yeah, and sleep not sleep for another because his his body language is very sleepy. But his walk is just weird. He has no sway in his arms. It's just like it literally just like out there, just like 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 but a star even, action figure, and it's like it's all hips and everything. Even just in that security cam footage, just the way his legs are moving, it looks it looks like he has hemorrhoids. It, it does not look good, and it's not it, it, his overall aesthetic is not helped by the fact that we see his eyes too much in this, just like in H two O. But then with his walking performance, we get a complete one eighty. You know, less than five minutes later, when he's pursuing Laurie up the roof. Yeah. So like. Like I said, hit or miss with Brad Lurie. Yeah, and so Lurie makes it to the roof and tricks... Well, uh, it's actually funny you say we see his eyes too much. We see his eyes because we literally see him, like, this This guy is an amazing... I don't know if this is a coincidence or this guy is just an amazing eye actor, but most of the time we really, we'll really we cut to something stupid and then cut back to him and the look on his eyes is just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, it, it just like, I'm in this. Yeah, like that, that's like, he's like, just get through this. Just get through this. He looks like Michael Myers in he this looks first defeated. one. Just, Michael Myers looks defeated in this movie. He he's like an old man, and he's like like people are like get off my lawn kind of shit right now. Old man, get off my lawn! And then when he sees the karate kicking rap star, he's just like, <laughs> oh god! He, like he he is just bamboozled by this. Like, what am I looking at? And right it's here? all just in the expression in his eyes, all in the eyes. I mean, it is the eyes. It is the windows to your soul. And so... <laughs> oh, boy, is it. Good move. <laughs> Michael gets uh, trapped like a fucking like uh, Looney Tunes cartoon with his foot getting uh, caught in a... He uh, pursues her to the roof where yeah. Laurie is hiding behind the door. He walks out to the edge of the roof where her uh, what bedrobe was hanging. Yeah. Off of something. 
like maybe look like, like a makeshift like, rope, like like Harry and Marvin Home Alone. Way to go! Maybe, maybe he committed suicide. suicide. <laughs> he walks to the edge. Clearly, doesn't see this like sna- this literal snare trap sitting on the ground. Yeah, like he's a fucking rabbit or something. Mm-hmm. She comes back from behind the the the, uh, the door, the rooftop door. Hello, Michael. Then presses a button for a power winch, a power winch that the snare trap was connected to, and has him hanging upside down by his foot over the edge of the building. And he drops the knife. And he drops the knife. So Lori's kind of got him. She's saying, are you afraid of me? Are you afraid to die? Are you the... <laughs> and he's just like... And she grabs the knife and like, I'm not afraid to die. Are you the key master? <laughs> are you Which the- if he responded, I, are you the gatekeeper? I would have automatically loved this movie more than I... Now, yeah, but no, but then that means that the brother and sister would have to have sex on the roof. Like how the that would have made it better than what we got. That would have made, at least it would have been something. <laughs> it would have been interesting. Incest would have made this movie interesting because <laughs> at least it's something. I mean, I think it's, it's something that you won't forget. I know uh, frequent listener Justin Lee. He, he finds that like unforgivable the uncle daddiness of, of Halloween. Uncle six. Da- yeah, it's not the first time Michael's done that. Yeah, incest is not. Uh, it, keep it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the Anthrax song now. Keep it in the family. And so Lori goes to yeah, let's cut get the this shit over with. Lori goes to cut the rope, and Michael starts doing the fucking grinding. Like, oh no, it's me. I'm the paramedic. Even though I just headbutt, I hammerhead my way through a fucking door, and I'm Gri- chasing you out here, gripping his head at the at, at the head like he's got a splitting headache. The same way, it's a combination of where am I and ow my head. Yeah, which he gave us at the end of Halloween H2O when he was pinned to the fucking tree branch. By the ambulance. So Lori immediately stops and thinks, oh, no, it might be someone else. The one thing I want to know is, was my, I guess Michael was watching this from the woods. I, I guess. Get, I guess he sprinted all the way down this mountain. <laughs> because she was she was hauling ass, speeding down this down this, the top I, of this hill. I, I, I want to do that. I want to take that footage of her racing down the mountain, but then the cut in the footage of Black Sheep and Chris Farley girls rolling down the mountain. And Michael Myers. <laughs> and just the Michael Myers breathing. <laughs> 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 what in the hell? I want to see Michael that? Myers staple a flyer to his hand. <laughs> Damn it! That's what I guess. Cause <laughs> it, the, the school was lo- located on top of a hill, hence Hillcrest Academy, and she was driving downhill. Oh, that explains it. So I guess he met her down there, or he got a head start, and he knew exactly where she was going to land. And so so I, Lori, don't, I don't know. So but Lori goes over there to investigate. That's when he grabs her. And the point, the point though, is that this person is trying to, regardless of who this is, this person is trying to fucking kill you. Cut the rope, and then and, and then uh, worry later. You're already in the fucking nut house. Yeah, what are you doing? Like you, you killed somebody else again. You killed, like, even if it's it's an insane. Argument's sake, save another innocent person. You just killed another innocent person. You're already in the nut house. Where are you going to go? He's not innocent. He's trying to kill you. You've got a fucking self-defense case, an airtight self-defense case. This person has already murdered two security guards. Yeah. Trying to kill you. If anything, you're a hero. Yeah. Even if it isn't Michael Myers. So, Michael grabs Oh, her. I want to throw something across the room right now. Stabs All I have is the, my expensive tablet. Stabs in the back, and she gives out her death row. She kisses Michael, says, I'll see you in hell, and she drops through the trees onto the, the floor, of the, the ground below, and that is the enthusiasm for this movie. That, I, is, that is the spirit of the Halloween franchise falling through those I trees. remember being genuinely shocked when that happened, because I still fucking cared at that point. I hadn't seen this movie in full yet when I watched it in theaters, and I still gave a shit. So it hadn't been completely stripped out of me. But I remember being like, oh, my God, I can't believe Like, it finally happened. I can't believe it. And thinking to myself, he must have not been really trying that hard all those other times because he wrapped this up in about 15 minutes. Yeah. 
and thinking to myself, oh my god, the, the, the repercussion this this will have on the rest of the Where movie. Where did this go? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the repercussions this will have on the rest of the movie. I was a funny <laughs> kid, wasn't I? I was a funny young teenager. Yeah, you, you're still a funny individual these I days. Know. <laughs> and so I make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, you're funny. You just, you know, just the way you tell. How you- the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is you find so fucking funny? Get the fuck out of here! Oh, you are funny guy. The fuck you looking at? I'd rather watch. Can, can we watch good. Can we, we stop keep, recording? Stop. I was going to say, let's stop recording. Watch Goodfellas, or let's just keep talking about Goodfellas. That'll make a better Halloween Resurrection podcast. <laughs> just talking about just reciting poorly reciting Goodfellas lines. <laughs> like I, Paul, you know I'm no fence trumper. Like every time I leave the house, I'm looking over both shoulders. I can't live like this, Paul. You got to do something about this. What do you think I can do? You think you listen to me? No. And so I, Michael, I just hear our, our microphones like clipping horribly. This would have been the perfect podcast to buy a compressor for. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I, I, sorry for your ears, folks. If we if we hurt you, I do I do normalize it and pose and everything. But still, once it's recorded clipping, you're kind of stuck. That's true. It's going to distort whether or not the well, volume is not going to. Because blow your I have ears the volume out. up rather than it just actually clipping. It's uh, no, no. It's because we're like raising our voices. At different That's what a compressor does. It, it it compresses down the high points and raises up the low points. Mm. So that's and all very. Yeah. Something. And so Michael hoists himself up, goes back to the basement, sees Harold, is still we, dressed as Gazy, gives him the knife, and we walks get a fir- away. We get a first-person perspective of him walking into Harold's room, holding this bloody knife, hands it to him, and walks away. And Harold starts reciting all the things Michael Myers has done. And for years, because I, for years, when I still felt that H2O could have been a sequel to, to 4, 5, and 6, could have been part of the Thorn trilogy, I watched this movie, hated its fucking guts. And ignored the part right here where Harold recites all the murders Michael Myers committed, which is only the murders from number one, two, and H2O. He does not mention anything from four, five, and six. You know, not heard for 20 years and then murdered, came back and murdered, whatever. And because I fucking vehemently hated it, I would have disregarded this fucking movie before anything else, you know? Yeah. I just always thought to myself, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this movie. Fuck its reboot quill, sequel, seboot. You know, timeline. rebooted sequel timeline bullshit. You know, H two O still could happen, but after last month's admission, you know, I, I unfortunately you win Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, this is and and also that right there is one of the issues that I have if they make another sequel to Halloween twenty eighteen because it's like, all right, you have these incidents where all these people die. Then nothing happens for a really long period yeah, of time. Forty years, and now, well, even in this case, twenty years. Oh yeah, and now you have a couple of a whole bunch of new incidents where people are killed. You know, it's like with four, five, and six, there was a level of consistency. You know, like like yeah, there was a ten year gap, but that ten year gap I could buy into more than just Michael being roaming around for twenty years and nothing happening. Right, Michael was blown the fuck up at the end of number two on fire and in a coma. And Laurie Strode was allegedly, you know, dead for a few months before he woke up. Yeah. So it's like I could understand that because he was contained for those ten years. But then when he gets out again, I could under- and he's on the the loose again. I could understand where 
you would have, you know, these incidents happen one after the other, even if there is a gap of time, like four and five. Okay, Michael, he's buried under this mine shaft. He's not contained anywhere. No one really knows where he is. Mm. They think he's under this mine shaft. So it makes sense that he could come back the next year because no one knows where he is. Right. And, you know, at the end of five, he disappears. Nobody's seen him. But only six years pass until, you know, he comes back. When Jamie Lloyd happens to escape mm. the person he was after. Those last two times escapes and he reemerges looking for, you know, her baby she has now. Those make sense a million more fucking times than to me than the idea of nothing happens for this long period of time. And then, OK, incident, 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 mm. you know, for in Halloween to the 2018's case, though, I can understand it as, OK, he did the one horrible thing was contained for 40 years. And if this is the end of it. You know, I could see him eventually getting out because he is that resourceful. Mm. But if this is what they claim it's going to be, the definitive end, let you know, then I give it a pass. Yeah, there is something in in my mind where it's like I just feel like he's it's gonna it's like it's gonna make its budget back in the first night. Yeah, there's something in my mind that just feels like if he really is the embodiment of evil and the boogeyman, he wouldn't be contained for forty fucking years. But yeah. you know, we're we're going with what we got. Right. So now if this is successful and we get a couple more sequels after this, it almost feels tainted. Yeah. Just the idea that, like, nothing happened in these 40 years. And all of a sudden, the whole bunch, he breaks out again as a 16-year-old. He, like, he breaks out again right before he reaching, you know, retirement age, social security age. And, and he goes whole, into a berserker mode for a couple of years straight. For a couple of years straight with all these different in- incidents in whatever prospective sequels may happen. You right. know, that's part of my issue with – another part of my issue with Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Michael Escape was in the wild for 20 years and inevitably found his, you know, per- pursuant – but the idea that, like, he did nothing for 20 years in this timeline, it's like mm. there had to have been incidents or something. Right. I don't see him just sitting un- underground under his house doing jack shit for fucking 20 years. Yeah. And so, How come there were not a million used crossword puzzle books in that tunnel? <laughs> he had to have been doing so- a Game Boy, you know, something. Yeah. But can you see, well, I guess he'd just steal a Game Boy or something like that. But I, I can mean, see him stealing a Game Boy just to pass. An Atari 2600 with a copy of Halloween the game. <laughs> I'm going to beat my high score. <sighs> and so we cut to Hanfield Universe. That's the only, that for 20 years would have been the only way he could kill Laurie is when he stabs her head off in Halloween the and video like game. And a little splat of blood comes shooting out of her neck. Review to come in a few months. Yeah. And so we cut to Haddonfield University, the college that... Haddonfield apparently has. Haddonfield, this small Midwestern town, has a college. Yep, just like just like how Buffy the Vampire Slayer has a college, an airport, and a train station, and everything like it's that. It's a small town. Yeah, and so we got a Rick Rosenthal. Small town. Small town. Small town. Leave I'd the rather coo- be listening to John Mellencamp. Than yeah, I say let's not taint the cougar with this. Let's not declaw this cougar. Yeah, exactly. And so we cut to a typical a auditorium, psych- a psychology class taught by Professor Rick Rosenthal. Yeah, on how Rick to, Rosenthal. And how to write a shitty sequel? And well, he so- didn't write it. <laughs> no, but he and it's all done in one take. There's one big crane shot. Everybody else is asleep except for Sarah, the this, our main character. Yep, we're introduced to the character of Sarah, played by Bianca Kajlik. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. How's it spelled again? Um, K-I-A. Killed in action. K-I-A. Yeah, she was killed in That action. was her career after this movie. Oh. K-I-A. K-A-I-J. What the fuck? Can you, can you read? No, no, no. I can't read because I watched <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. I, I, my brain doesn't have reading anymore. K-A-J-L-I-C-H. Yeah. Kajlik. Uh, yeah. 
Um, it's kind of like getting whacked in the head, like, oh, there goes the piano lessons. You watch Halloween Resurrection. You lose. There goes my – I watch Halloween <laughs> Resurrection. Now I can't do math. What's two plus two? Potato. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Two plus two is Busta Rhymes because that's the only frame of reference. You I just got to shudder. I just got to chill. <laughs> Fucking cold chill just ran up my spine. Uh, it was as cold as ice. Busta Rhymes, get it? Because he's busting <laughs> rhymes. And so uh, we're... Uh, oh, that's what I needed to hear. That's my soul coming out, <laughs> trying to escape. And so we're introduced to Sarah, Rudy, and Jen, the three like, main characters Sa- of... Sarah is your typical good student, virginal character, taken to the fucking extreme. Yeah, and then we have Rudy, the culinary student. The culinary student taken to the extreme, where everything he talks about is food. And he's the perpetual best friend to Sarah, we know that. Then we have Jen, uh, who would go on, who would one day be part of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and her character that she wants to be famous and willing to do anything for it, it seems like. Uh, Sean Patrick Thomas. Rowan Gardner. He plays uh, Rudy. He would go on to save the last dance. He would go on to save the last dance with Julia Stiles. Yes. Uh, Katie Sackhoff is the character of Jen. She's the dumb ditzy blonde that wants to become a fucking reporter yeah and she's taken to the extreme like every one of these characters is just some it fucking... is such a caricature it is ridiculous Everything, yeah, it's a caricature it's all fucking just stereotypes of these type of okay what do you think when you have some uh, all right we have a blonde girl wants to be a news reporter i know she's a complete fucking airhead yeah that's just <laughs> giggling takes nothing seriously yeah she's kind of a hoe too yeah like it's like that, that that this is this is like we're not like passing judgment these are the characters this is how this movie's presenting that this is how the movie sees these characters and like i said nothing against the actors no they would they had a job they to probably, do it they probably jumped at the thought that this was the greatest moment of their lives to be in a Halloween film especially coming off H2O which was, which was a huge success I mean I would do and at this one point I had been thinking about that I forgot to say in the beginning not to speak ill of the dead because he's no longer with us but Mustafa Akkad I feel there's one major weakness I've seen with him when it comes to the Halloween franchise whenever he finds success in something after he's found failure he almost gets so fucking high on it that it almost doesn't matter what the next thing is. He'll put, be willing to put on anything. He'll say, oh, it's good. Halloween's popular again. After, you know, the poor reception 3 got, and as we, you know, we go back and listen to our 3 interview, 3 has been more accepted over time, but at the time, 3 was universally despised. He wants to go back to basics, comes out with 4. It's loved, you know. Everyone loves 4, even though now fucking everyone thinks 4 was no good. Like, yeah. f- 4 was awesome. Fuck all of you. <laughs> Fuck all the haters. But then he comes, you know, he's even said, the quote, drunk on the success off of Halloween 4, we rushed into production of Halloween 5. It's almost like, all right, everything's doing great. Let's just get something out there. No matter what it is, everyone will love it. Yeah. I feel like that's another problem that this had. Like, 6 was a fucking dismal failure. H2O fucking brings it back for a new generation. It's huge. And even though it took a lot of time, it's almost like, oh, H2O is such a success. We can put whatever we want out there, you know? Right. I mean, uh, and the thing is, the buck stops with him. He is the, you know, he was the person in charge. We watched in the Halloween 25 Years of Terror documentary, the segment, the segment on Resurrection. He didn't really seem too enthusiastic about having Buster Rhymes in the film because Buster Rhymes, yes, he was a very popular rap star of the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know who that was when no. he was in there. But it's like, and even though it's owned by Dimension, it's still truly owned by Trankus, which is was 
Akkad's gig, I believe. Yeah, and so it's not the first time I've seen. so fucking murky and weird. What? Just the overall ownership of Halloween. Like, there's so many fingers in that pie. Yeah, that's why I, I'm still I still marvel at the fact that Shot Factory was able to pull everything off for the box set. Well, it's funny. I saw a tweet recently where someone was asking about it on HalloweenMovies.com, and they and they said there's no plans to come out with it a re-release of it because that was they described it as like a a lightning in the bottle moment where all the planets aligned, everything came together, and they were able to do it just that once. Mm-hmm. If, it, if they even said if it we can ever make it happen again, we will. Um, I'm glad wow. I got mine. Yeah, same here. And so, but it's not the first time I've heard, I've seen that kind of thing. Like you think of, uh, I, I noticed this with the first four Batman films. Uh, you think of Batman '89, huge success. Tim Burton does not want to come back and do another sequel, but they give him carte blanche and a bigger budget to do Batman Returns. He makes a Tim Burton movie with Batman in it. So by the time we get to Batman Forever, Warner Brothers is far more. Um, restrictive in what they wanted to do, and because of what, where Tim, how far Tim Burton went. With yeah, those. and so they were like, okay, like, we'll just let <coughs> Schumacher like do this, and like we'll have the kind of restrictions on them. So okay, Batman Forever, huge success. Despite your, despite people's feelings on it, it's yeah, a, a take it or leave it film by today's standards. Exactly, which I like. I enjoy parts of it. I, I guess it, I can sit down and watch all four of those. No problem. I, I will I, only watch number four now if Red Letter Media's commentary track yes, is Yes, it's hilarious. I know you guys will never notice us, but you guys are awesome. Yeah. And, and, and uh, also, I, I think did it's that just, when I was sick last month, I put that on just to watch it, just something to make me feel better when I was work? dying of a ma- yes, when I was dying of a massive fever. And so, uh, Batman Robin, yeah, it is a terrible movie, but it is like I'll watch it because it is so funny. Because and then like there was so much like more added enough. Like like drunk up the success of what the kind of concept of what Batman Forever was. That, that worked. Let's have more of that. Yeah. And so that ice cream was sure delicious. Let me eat the entire tub now. Exactly. Oh, my stomach. Exactly, and that's why we waited eight years until. That's why you don't eat all the ice cream at once. Yeah. And so we find out I that I want to eat all the ice cream at once after watching this. <laughs> I may go out and buy some ice cream. I still never stop at the grocery store. Fuck. I'm sorry. I totally I totally threw you I off with that to. one. There is ice cream at home when I get home. I may throw out some ice cream. One of the things I do to combat stress is I will, when I'm feeling blue and feeling bad, I will buy the largest size bottle of extra creamy Ready Whip, and I will just sit there, spray the whole, just eat it. Yeah. Thankfully, it's low calorie, low sugar, low low everything, so that I can consume the entire can and not completely ruin my diet. And you don't do whippets while you're doing it either. I've done the whippets at the end. They'll fuck you up, man. So will Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> I, well, yep, I, I can't argue there. And so with the Halloween Resurrection, it's we find out that Sarah, Rudy, and Jenny are all chosen to be part of the team of Dangertainment to spend a night in the Michael Myers house. Yes, it's a reality show company that is putting on a reality show in the Myers house where a bunch of shit will happen. <laughs> I yeah, fucking know and, and Sarah tells well, her internet like pen pal um, Deckard, Deckard, who until today, when we saw, when I saw the email address she was typing to, I did not realize that Deckard was also a student at Haddonfield University. Yeah, I did not know, and we were we actually because unfortunately my PlayStation Three is on the fritz, and I had to get a new one, and it's currently taking like all day to transfer data between the two. I didn't yeah. have a functioning Blu-ray player, so we came here and we watched it on my. Retro gaming CRT setup on a DVD player. Yeah, but like you had like what well, you had with component uh, video. Yes, I used the YPPR. This one TV has the YPBPR component video inputs, which CRTs had very late in their lives. Mm-hmm. 
And fortunately, that's the that's the best way on a consumer-grade yeah, like, television to watch look, a DVD. They look pretty goddamn sharp for a, D- for a DVD. What's nice? Well, that's the thing. DVDs are encoded in that format, so you're watching it in the format it was encoded in. Mm-hmm. And because CRTs really are meant to hide all the negatives and accentuate the positives of, like standard de- of standard definition television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to put myself through a flaming cable after watching this movie because they are there to enhance, you know, standard definition and even low-res retro gaming content. I feel like a CRT is the best way to fucking watch anything in standard def. I've watched, you know, DVDs on, on uh, HDTV, and, and they almost don't feel the same. It's kind of weird. Like, I have my laser disc player hooked up to it, and I run it through a composite video because that's what they were encoded in, and they look fucking pristine. Yeah, like we we also use the full bandwidth of composite video, which is we, awesome. We've watched the we've watched I think New Hope on Laserdisc. We've watched RoboCop on we, Laserdisc. Yes, with we, the Criterion Collection. We, we watched. I have the remat the 1995 Star Wars remastered trilogy on Laserdisc yeah. in widescreen, and, and, and it's pretty fucking gorgeous. Be boy. jealous, motherfuckers. Yeah, it, it is really goddamn sharp for it. I mean, like, ain't jealous if no Ryan Johnson in that. Yeah. Nah. Oh no! Nobody wants Brian Johnson to be part of the Star Wars franchise, except for me. Apparently, I I really and enjoyed the Last Jedi. I don't but... care if he's still a part of it. I was, I was cool with the Last Jedi. Yeah, I don't I, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I I, 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 I haven't with... bought it, so that shows that I didn't love it. But you I'm didn't cool like with Rogue it. One, did you? You didn't buy that. I didn't either. see Rogue One. Oh yeah. I haven't seen any of the spinoffs because I don't fucking care. That's fair. I don't, I don't care. It's 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 uh, overexposure to me. Yeah, it, it's totally gonna like it's gonna get to the point that like no, it's no longer gonna become special. Like the no, three year gap isn't was... special anymore. If anything, I fucking hate Star Wars now because of how psychotic the fucking fandom has become over it. Yeah, and people say comic book fans are bad. Like no, Star no, Wars Star Wars fans, Wars are, fans are, are now oh, fucking even worse. Yeah, uh, and so we we yeah. So Decker is warned like is like hey, I'm gonna be doing this. He's like hey, that's cool. Even though I have to go to this party. Where is and... off track as a fucking upstate railroad? <laughs> I mean, like we're an hour in. We're like we're like ten minutes into the movie. Oh God! And so, are you serious? Yeah, we're over an hour in. Holy shit! Well, we had a lot of preamble to get through before we get to the movie. We had itself. a lot of griping and bitching to do, and now we can't even stay on fucking track. This is, this is brutal. Stay I mean, on target. It's too close. Stay on target. Stay on target. It can, just like just hey. like just like the ass fucking that Halloween Resurrection is. It, it came, came from, from behind. behind, and then you explode. <laughs> I'd rather be Porkins right now. That's all I, I genuinely know. fucking yeah. I'd rather be Porkins' heart right about now. Just them clogged arteries. He puts the pork in Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are all enjoying this right now. Like this, this is the most amateur, disorganized horseshit I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of some really amateur. So you should see some of the bands I've been in in my life. Oh my god! And so, <laughs> like ten minutes into the fucking movie. So we get to we get to like this fucking VFW hall to meet the rest of the uh, entertainment crew is at. And uh, well, there's the the creepy guy that fucking fuck touches him. panties. Yeah, yeah in the, in their room when they're looking up the announcement. Yeah, uh, the, the, the the emails that they got saying yeah, that they were Jen selected. Yeah, Jen and Sarah are looking at the confirmation email. This one dude says, "Don't go to the Myers house because it is that's where evil uh, it came from." As he sniffs, like grabs and sniffs the woman's panties that's right in the fucking doorway. But the thing is, this weird guy he does it in that same just fucking nonsensical, nonsensical cryptic. I wrote I wrote this dialogue on the toilet lines. That's where the house start. It all started. He walked through its halls. He's he's went the into his sister's doom. room as he as he grabs fucking whoever Sarah Jen's panties that are hanging up. Yeah, that have been dried, 
And then at the end of it, he just does like a weird Whoa! like. He, he does like this weird like scary violin thing with his voice. Ma! Ma! It's this cryptic thing that is turned into like just dumb slapstick. So Jen pushes him out the door and says, "That guy's fucking weird." Like I've known weird dudes like that in college. And so, but like Jesus, dude. I mean, but anywho, she was talking to her pen pal Deckard, who's like the geeky kid. Yeah, and his friend Scott, who's telling him, and like, we're going to this house party tonight. Like Sarah's not the fucking geeky girl, you know. Yeah. Uh, his friend is trying to get him to go to a house party. Yeah, that the, a fraternity is holding and like yeah. shit. And like I said, there's a lot of things about Halloween Resurrection I actually finally fucking learned that that kind of I don't know if they make more sense or just like. Make me look at the movie ever so slightly different, where I'm just like, oh, instead of, huh. Yeah, it's just... The indifference level is still there, but it's like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, moving on. So we meet the rest of the Dangertainment team. And all the other uh, participants. Yeah, the all college students is ran by uh, Buster Rhymes, Tyra Banks. And a bunch of extras in the back. Apparently yeah. the prize for making it through the night in the Myers house is scholarship money, I think. Yeah. Something like that. There's gonna be there's money to be made. So right. they're interviewing each of them, and that's when, as when, we talked about earlier, we get just the stereotyping, flat, one-dimensional characters. When they interview each of them, you know, the, like I said, the psychology major. Oh, I think Michael Myers is interested because of the Jungian principles of da 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 da. The music major is you don't have to look for Kelso. Yeah, Kelso. That, that's Chevenny's show. The character of Jim, of the psychology major, was Donna. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the actual actors that played Donna and Jim, uh, Daisy, what was it, uh, Daisy McCracken, who played Donna, and Luke Kirby, who played Jim, about two months ago were actually kidnapped in real life. So, like, why were they together? Like, were they a I thing? think they actually are still together. Okay, they, they, they became a thing after this movie, I guess, or during I, it? I'm, oh, no, it was... Never mind. It was fellow actor Joseph Capone. I remember reading a thing that said it was him. But anyway, her and another actor were victims of a kidnapping. The three assailants tied Capone, Joseph Capone naked, up naked in a bathtub, uh, drove McCracken to several banks in her own car, and told her to provide at least $10,000 for the release of him. She was able to escape and alert police after being driven back home. The defendants are expected to appear in court on July 23rd. After All three face life in prison if convicted. So <sighs> she's, she's had it pretty rough. Yeah. I thought being Halloween Resurrection was bad enough, but um, and now she was in Halloween Resurrection and kidnapped. Like that's <laughs> fuck, man. At that point, I don't know how you go on from that. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, are we making light of her uh, kidnapping? Yes, we are, and that's the, the the thing. I wonder if she told the police I was in Halloween. Re- if she had told them I was in Halloween Resurrection, if they would have ignored, ignored her, her call and given her back to the criminals. <laughs> And so Sarah gets to go up and do her interview and everything. And, like, Buster Rhymes is not, is not happy with any of the applicants thus far. No, but fucking Rudy, he's talking about food. Uh, Jen is just giggling through the whole thing, talking about how she wants. She's not taking it seriously at all. No. Uh, Tyra, you know, Tyra Banks' character, Nora, she's, she's getting fed up. Buster Rhymes is getting fed up with all these people. With them. And then they get to Sarah, who's very shy, anxious, kind of didn't want to be a part of this in the first place. And there's a behind-the-scenes photographer taking photos at the time who gets closer to her, unbeknownst while he's looking down the viewfinder and knocks over one of the, lamp, the um, lights that smashes behind her, causing Sarah to scream to such a level and so high-pitched that it breaks a glass near uh, Rudy and uh, Rowan Rudy, Gardner. Uh, Rudy, uh, Jim, and also Bill, played, like we said, played by Tom and, Thomas Ian Nichols. Yeah. Who I swear to God, this is, I'm, I'm not even gonna call him Bill. I'm gonna call him Harvey Junior. Because he is like the most it, it, Pervo, like, I'm gonna call th- him. this. I want to bring this movie to the Me Too movements. Fucking, 
attention. Yeah, just, I mean, like, well, hopefully Harvey's going to be uh, facing a long time in prison, hopefully. And so... He's a total fucking sex pervert. Yeah, in this movie, and it's at that point when she's she breaks the glass with her voice. That's when Buster Ryan's uh, perks up. He's like, "All right, now we now we got something." But he here. does it in just such an over the top way. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's as if he. It's as if there are scenes where I think Buster Rhymes has a fluffer on set. Oh God, fucking blowing him just to get any performance out. Because he looks like he just fucking came. It, it, and even it, after he's done speaking, the way his like, face moves, it, mm. how he articulates things, yeah. It looks like he's fucking masturbating. And so, at this hotel, at this motel, Sarah goes to um, Freddy's, Freddy, Freddy Buster, Buster Rhymes' character, his name, character's name is Freddy, where he's watching a fucking karate movie. And yeah, he's like, just, like a Shaw Brothers like production and everything. Or, or, or a fucking Godfrey Home... No, Godfrey, Ho- Godfrey Home films are so good they don't deserve to be in Halloween Resurrection. That's true. Godfrey Home films are, are bad movies that are good at how much comedic entertainment you get out of them. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I just insulted Ni- the Shaw Brothers wor- movies. Three words. Ninja Silent Assassin. <laughs> it's on YouTube. In its entirety. And so, yeah, we find out that Freddy's into martial arts. Well, he's comically watching, like, yeah, get it, get it, as if he's watching, like, a UFC fight where he doesn't know the results. It's clearly a movie he's seen before. Right. And, like, he's monologuing to himself out loud, like, this is a strange human being. Here's a knock on the door. Like, oh, who's a knock on the door? It's taking my attention away from Freddy Chang or whatever the fuck the actor's name was he was right. watching. And he goes to the door, looks looks through the little uh, viewfinder on the door. Oh, Sarah. Oh, shit. You know, like, like he's... Like, what, like, she's coming there to sleep with you? Like, oh, my God. And, yeah, so, so Sarah says oh! she, she wants she, she wants to, she wants out, but Freddy convinces her to stay. I need to, to fluff her just to get through this. It, it convinces her to stay, and it's like, it's going to be worth it. I trust you, and nothing's good, bad's going to happen. It's going to be fine. And so he convinces her to stay, and so she stays. But at the end of that scene, when he says, uh, he goes back to his monologue. Like, like, like oh, oh, I still got it. When she goes, like, yeah, Fred. Oh, man, Freddy, you good. You still, why don't you give yourself a little pat on the back? And he pats himself on the back. And remembers his movie. So he's like, oh, shit, I got to get back to my Freddy Chen, whatever. The fuck. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? It, this, this is. Uh, and so we cut to the Myers When, you, when you watch a character in a movie, your point is to believe that this is a real human being. That's, that's the point of a character in a movie, right? Yeah. A character in a story. Like, I'm watching a person. That's how you become engrossed with them. Like when I like when I watched the first two Halloween movies, I am sad at the fact that that Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance didn't get too many scenes together, because I want Laurie, this poor woman who's been attacked out of nowhere, has no idea what's going on, no rhyme, no reason, no why, to interact with the person that has not only saved her twice but knows, but like knows the killer the best. You know why? Because I project myself onto the character of Laurie. Right. I think to myself, holy shit, if I was in her fucking shoes, this is the person I would be hounding. Left and right for every possible answer. Mm. Like, what the fuck? This is the only man that has any information. Even if he doesn't know why, he still has information. Yeah. That's why I want to see those scenes so badly. That's why, I f- that's why I'm so sad that they're not there, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't give a flying fuck about any of these characters. And if anything, I don't care about them because they're one-dimensional. But characters like Freddy confuse me. <laughs> this is supposed to be a real person. Just kind of below, like I, I get it. I'm sure when we're all alone, we, you know, we talk to ourselves out loud. What are you looking funny for? I don't do that. Really, you don't like monologue to yourself, like, "Oh, I gotta go do this today." You know, when you drop something, it's like, "Oh shit, god damn it!" I, I drop something, yeah, falls but I, over I, like I, don't, that. I don't speak out loud like doing this. That's like, but you don't have like conversations with yourself out loud. No, I don't. I'll keep it internally. This person belongs in the fucking nut house. <laughs> 
And so, yes, yeah, we got to the Myers house during the day being set up by Tyra Banks and crew, including one uh, uh, PA played by Charlie, who's claims he's going to be the next Spielberg. And he is killed by Michael Myers, who shows up wondering, like, what are you doing in my house? And this is a Peeping Tom reference or ripoff where he uses the tripod leg to kill the person while Tyra Banks is making a uh, cappuccino in the background, unaware that Charlie is murdered. Now, the whole thing about the, about the Myers house in this one, we, you know, we get to see the return of the Myers house. We've seen the return of the Myers house twice before in five and six. Five, fucking, like I said in that review, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking when they saw this house. Yeah. I still maintain, Dominic Othon and Gerard said, if this is the only movie I ever make, I want to shoot something there. Yeah. Six made a much better effort in in the same town, nonetheless, as Five, made a much better effort to try and get something close to it, but still kind of off the mark. You know, they do the best they could. Nobody's going to shoot in South Pass anymore because of how expensive it is, unless you're like a major Hollywood thing. Mm. And the Myers house doesn't exist in its in its original incarnation. You know, it's been moved down the road. It's not, you know, really up for film use. It's, it's, it's a chiropractor office, office, and there's condos in the way. I remember in, in our Halloween trailer review, my idea of how they could have incorporated that yeah. in Halloween 2018. For this movie, they actually on a on a soundstage in Canada built a very 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 close replica of the Myers house. I have to give huge props to the production design on this yeah. one. That is one of my extreme high points of this movie. This is the closest we've ever gotten to the original house from South Pass. Yeah, we, there's a scale exterior with a garage that was never there. Yeah, they took a few liberties. I, I feel like they could have done something like some kind of like big pop-up tent or whatever or some kind of, you know, outdoor enclosure mm-hmm. and set up their equipment there. Instead of having it in an actual, especially, like, how do you know the fucking wiring is even any good in that fucking thing? Like, yeah, I saw they had a generator there. Yeah. But, like, are you running, like, a bunch of, like, fucking outlet strips and stuff, you know? like I wouldn't plug anything into that house. I wouldn't plug jack shit into that fucking house. I mean, like, I think it looks like Kindle to begin with. It looks like it's, like... A, I wouldn't it, plug jack shit into that garage. No. The garage looks even shittier than that. But, like, also, like, there should be no power going to that house because nobody's living there yeah. for years. Well, that's why they have the generator. They probably right. hooked the generator up to the main breakers of the garage if right. they're even in there. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I feel like the garage is unnecessary. I felt like you could have done a substitute. Yeah. Um, the interiors of the house are close. Very close. Um, what's interesting about this, too, is that this is the first uh, – because it's so close – the original Halloween, we said this in our review of the original Halloween, they, we never go into any part of the left side of the house. Yeah. Neither on the first floor or the second floor. This one, we're, we're in it a lot more. This is, and we watched a behind-the-scenes thing from the production design talking about the new house. And even the production designer there said, yeah, we never explored this side of the house in the original Halloween. So they were able to take a little more liberties. Okay, cool. <laughs> they added a living room. They added you know, a, an area that leads to a basement. Um, the only thing is, like, the, the kitchen area is pretty wrong. The kitchen area takes up, like, the entire rear of the house. When in the original, it, it only like took up, it only took up the right side. Yeah. So and it, you know and even like we're watching the guy like sort of uh, in the documentary thing do a walk through the house. do a walk through of, of it, the set I should like, say. of the of the set. Well, you could call it the house because they pretty much built the house. Right. Do a walk through of this new house and sort of mimic what was done in the original Halloween, but. When it came to the kitchen, it's like, dude, you're kind of wrong. It's a good thing they weren't matching it up to footage. No, but like, 
I'll give that a pass because this whole movie is going to take place in this house. Oh, I'm going to give it a pass, too, just because of the simple fact that it's the closest we've ever gotten. Right, and the fact that it needs to be bigger because it, 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 there's something called, like, wild walls, which means, like, we can pull a wall out here or there to put the camera crew and everybody else there. I'm not sure if it looked like that from what it, what we could see from there. It looked like, like, we built these giant rooms so we can accommodate everybody in there. And we're going to have this big, at least one fight scene in the kitchen. So I think we need to be a little bit bigger for it. So I, I'll let, I'll give that a pass. I'm not going to get my panties in a bunch for that. No, and I do notice that with the second floor, um, when you go up the stairs, the whole thing all curves around so that there's a hallway leading to the front of the house when you go upstairs. In the original house, that floor starts literally right next to the stairs. Mm-hmm. In this, it's actually out a bit more. Yeah. So that the centerpiece right next to the stairs when you're on the, the first floor that leads back to like a bathroom, mm-hmm. right above it, there's no ceiling. In the in the original house, there is. The ceiling begins right there. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no extra space, you know, from the right side of the stairs on. Mm-hmm. It's literally like just, a, just a, a very sharp, you know, U-turn. Now it's a little bit of a wider U-turn when you go upstairs. Yeah. Okay. You know? Like, yeah. we are nitpicking at this fucking point. Right. Oh, and there's no door that leads into the dining room from that main entrance. So, uh, this movie's stupid. Uh, yeah. That's hashtag the hashtag unsubscribe. That's <laughs> the reason why this movie is stupid. Yes. But no, I mean, I was, I was, I'm always extremely impressed. And I remember seeing uh, behind whatever, the times when I would sporadically visit HalloweenMovies.com and see what was going on with the new movie. I would, you know, visit. And see behind the stills, you know, features and stuff. Like after I saw that TV spot that said Halloween's coming back, I'd go online and look. And like I saw behind the scenes featurettes and I was impressed. Mm. Saw that it was built on a soundstage and also filmed there with a blue screen. For years, I kind of forgot that because of the way they seamlessly blended it in with actual on the street footage. They found a street with those, you know, crazy oak trees that go down it. The houses, you know, on the street, you, you know. If you really want to be a fucking crazy stickler and say, oh, those aren't the same houses, whatever, they, but the houses, they look like, you know, additions could have been built on something, could have been yeah. changed over the course of 25 years. I was very impressed with production design and how they blended Except those Except there's two. a fence. Well, yes, and there's a little fence in the front of the Myers house, too, was, which was, was never, never there. there. But, but I was very impressed with how they blended those those two, the, the actual uh, uh, soundstage footage and actual on-the-street footage. Is that... Is it a bad thing that's, like, the best thing of this movie? Yes. That's a very bad thing. Yeah. And And you're only going to care about that if you're into filmmaking. Yeah. And, like, there is a deleted scene when Michael returns home. Mm. So Michael pulls up in a muscle car because I guess he has good taste in cars in returning home. You know, he steals a fucking car that nobody would ever call the police and say, oh, my God, my car. Somebody stole my, like, my Camaro or anything. Yeah. He pulls up to the house, gets out. Walks up and beeps the alarm. I'm like... And that's when I, I I had a conniption. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh no! I hope no. nobody steals my stolen car. Oh, we found your stolen car parked in front of the childhood home of a serial killer. Yeah, I wonder if there should be any. <laughs> a childhood home of a serial killer who's been missing for three years. I wonder who could have stolen it. Yeah, and then the, the car is eventually towed. The team. That, that's the thing. That scene was deleted of him pulling up, so we didn't know it was his car. Yeah. Um. When. You know the Dangertainment crew and like the media and everyone show up in front of the house for the for the uh, ha- the start of this event. Um, Tyra Banks talks about how she had you know the car towed and oh there was a car parked in front of me. I had it towed. Yeah, and so 
the Dangertainment team shows up. Oh, we forgot to mention how Charlie stabbed through the throat with a fucking tripod leg, dragged down the hallway floor, and not a drop of blood was left behind. Nope. Stabbed through the throat, you know, where that carotid artery is, that yeah. main artery that fucking if you've ever watched that that footage from that hockey footage that's oh. famous when the blade accidentally sliced the goalie's, the goalie's throat neck oh my god fucking spilled out you it, know it, it, none of that it's only made worse because two things a because the ice is so white and it's all of a sudden it's covering blood and it's so cold that you can see the steam coming out of the dude's neck at that point yeah like but this oh. guy was stabbed through the neck and you know not a, not a drop no. on the floor and so the team shows up, they get their headsets and gears on, and they they have a tool-up scene before they get into the house with, like, gun sound effects as they're putting on... Yeah, they're, their... put, they're pulling on, like, these little, like... It, it's those, like, plastic buckles you see that have, like, the two little triangular ends that, to release it, you push them on the side and pull it out. Like, you see them on, like, dog collars a lot. Yes. But the, these attaching sounds they're making of them coming in, it sounds like guns being cocked. Yeah. Being, like, loaded and, and cocked. Like, like, it, it, like, I understand it's a tool-up scene, but it's not have to be the tool-up scene from Commando where Arnold's loading all the magazines and cartridges into his weapons or anything. We also forgot to mention that uh, when they were the, – the girls, Sarah, Jen, and Donna were it's going – It's not important. Uh, but it, it, it's something to complain about. <laughs> They're going. They're going clothes shopping. This, anyway, I'm trying to speed it up, okay? okay so I, I, I figure we okay, move so on. it goes long? If it's entertaining. Yeah, we have to keep sitting here and bitching about it. Yeah, so Sarah's apparently seen the boogeyman in uh, the corner of her eye, like yeah, how she And it's always a jump scare every time. Yeah. Punctuated with the noise. So, yeah, they go into the house. Freddy blows an air horn, says, let the dangertainment begin. And they start... Fucking ex- kill me. And they start exploring the house. And as they're exploring the house, they start, you know, finding little things here and there because they're trying to find answers to Michael Myers. Uh, of course, Rudy immediately goes to the kitchen. Yeah. He says, oh, I Bill what, is being a perv. I wonder what 40, you know, 30-year-old Spice smells like. He smells like, that's odd. It smells fresh. It's like, yeah. Bill's being a fucking perv. He's trying to, you know, get Jen to fuck him. Yeah. Desperately. Uh, like, Jesus, dude, you are so thirsty. It is repulsive. And she says a fucking line that is completely not dated that audience audiences today would get. You are this close to being voted off the island. Yeah. I'll leave you guys to, to uh, turn, whoever whoever wins that get the, gets the prize of knowing a Halloween resurrection yeah. reference. And so... So they they find things like this weird high chair with like these straps, straps. and this big weird key attached to it. It, it looks like it, Rudy says, "Oh, it's a medieval key to Sarah's chastity belt." Ha ha ha! Yeah, just because she's she's just likes to she's prudish. Yeah, or that, whatever. That, yeah, that's, that's a, a bad thing. Like I said, Harvey, blame Harvey. Yep. Hashtag blame Harvey. Uh, while this is going on, Deckard and Scott goes to his fraternity party dressed as like the characters from Pulp Fiction. Another because, Mirror because Miramax. Miramax, and Deckard's like uh, AKA Miles. He's just like oh, I don't want to do this. And he he sneaks into a back room of like this basement, like the parents' office, or yeah. whatever. And we find, this is the first time I actually saw this of like a TV being used as a computer monitor. It's a, it's, it was an HD TV. It was a flat panel TV. The first probably the first flat panel. TV I ever saw that wasn't in a futuristic movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, because this was 2002. Consumer-grade HDTVs were three to four years away still. Mm. I first started seeing them in 2006, but they may have been out a little earlier than that. Right. And so this probably cost like $20,000 for this. And it's, and it's probably got the wor- most god-awful contrast ratio, the easiest burn-in, especially if he's using it as a monitor with icons on the screen at all time. Yep. His fucking, his fucking taskbar at the bottom is permanently burned into it forever. So uh, Deckard wants to watch the broadcast, you know, and um, 
as time goes by, people start coming in and saying, oh, I want to watch it. By the end of this movie, the whole Halloween party there is watching everything that's crowded in this room watching this. Uh... But for the meantime, it's just Deckard and maybe like a person or two. Yeah, like a couple came in there to make out or have sex. And the dude's just like, hey, get out of here. Stop doing this. What are you, a perv? And he's like, turn it off. And then the woman's like, no, no, let's watch. And he's, he's like, like oh, I'm watching the I'm watching the reality show where they explore this, the house of mass murder. You want to watch? Hell no. Sure, I'll watch. The girl says, sure, I'll watch. And then the, and the, dude's, like, the dude's like, all right, fine, we'll do yep. that. And every couple of scenes, you know, the amount of people in the room just grows. grows. Um, so all the characters are still, you know, doing their thing, looking around. We find more creepy shit that, um, like, I... A coloring book where it's like all oh, like look like it's supposed to be like slaughtering people, and we have these weird toys that are kind of like it's like Sid's toys from Toy Story, like all like the yeah. things being like like ham ham fisted together, like that. This is like if Sid was would be a serial killer, this would be his house. But they kind of notice that like somebody knows Rudy knows that something's wrong. It's like why are we find why is all this stuff here and how come we're finding it? Like this is too easy, including a very clean and pristine butcher knife in the cupboard yeah. in one of the or and these drawers were, in the kitchen. These are all the things I'm, I was talking about earlier, where it's like we have these setups where they're finding all these things, only to find out that this goes absolutely fucking nowhere. Well, we do. It does get paid off in one scene when we find out it's all staged. Yeah, but. That wasn't a satisfying payoff. Well, nothing about this movie is satisfying. Well, well, that's part of that was part of my point, where like it either leads nowhere or it leads to payoff, where you're like, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Bill tries getting uh, Jen to fucking flash, flash the camera after he touches her ass, almost falling down the stairs. Yeah. Hashtag me too. Yep. And, um, so, and then Jen like goes on uh, along with it for a moment while Michael wa- watches from the doorway. Mm-hmm. Um. Eventually, what was it? Uh, Jen gets scared about something, screams, yeah. and they all come running, and it was a nothing. Joke. It was a joke. Yeah. So Bill gets pissed, and he looks in the mirror as he's talking to I'm the gonna audience. I'm going to get her back. And Michael dives through the mirror and kills Bill. He headbutts. He headbutts the, the, the mirror away. Was it just me, or was the mirror mounted to the wall? The mirror was mounted to, like, a, I guess, a tiny hook to the wall, and apparently, like, like... Norbert Bates, he cut a hole through the wall and just and like punched his way through. I guess, but like everyone, everyone could fucking hear his screams. Everyone and- could hear Jen screaming earlier, but no one could hear this crash or his screams as he was being murdered. murdered. And everybody back at home watching the broadcast think it's fake. Yeah, everyone watching it with Decker think it's all bullshit. You know. Um, yeah, rookie of the year is dead at this point. Uh, what the fuck? As basement time, is discovered. Yes, the basement is discovered. It's time go, Jim and Donna are down there, and you know he's been hitting on her for a while, and she's not she's not falling for it because no, she's yeah, a she's strong like, strong psychology college major. And then she immediately at one point just immediately goes in to kiss him after they discover this weird little manhole in basement. But it's right before like their lips are about to touch. That's when Jim's like, "Wait." Well, what, well, what's funny about the scene is that like she bumps into him. He says, "She says, oh, sorry, are you? Oh, when you can stop thinking with your brains and more with your body." Body. And, like, for a minute, she just almost goes with, like, a, ah, what the hell, and just starts, like, seducing him. And he's like, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, his hitting on women actually worked? Yeah, it is, like, almost as bad as Cannibal Ferox, which is made fun of in uh, the Cinema Snob video. Like, because at one point, one of the characters in Cannibal Ferox says, like, hot pussy little whore. And that's what is the words used to seduce one of the women in that movie. And Cinema Snob uses that to his... He seduced his wife, his now ex-wife, in that video. And it's like, well, well, how are you doing? Hot pussy little whore. And it's like, oh, okay, we'll go for that. And she's like, he's like, uh, he does a double take. And then yeah. it's like, it's something like as ridiculous as that. And it's like a line like that, like 
Like nobody acts like this. None of this should work. This is so much bullshit. But, like, like it goes that way because it's like, oh the shit, we're, oh shit, it. we're X number of minutes into the movie, and we and it's a horror movie, so people have to have sex in it. Uh, let's have this character just completely turn on a dime. Have her personality completely turn on a dime to where now she'll go for the fucking guy, even though she just said screwing a music major is tantamount to lesbianism. Which yeah, like, that, 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 that's a bad thing. <sighs> so then, she, so what did she do? What, what's what's her payoff? She comes she, to his. She, she screws a music major. Yeah, she's about to like like she leads with the kiss, and he's like, "Wait, <laughs> hold on," and leaves her, and she's like, "Wow, you really just did that to me," and grabs the weird key thing that's attached to the baby uh, seat earlier. And goes and opens up the secret chamber of the Myers house. Oh, the Myers basement. That apparent, and it looked by the looks of it, there's like a weird like chain harness on yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, like one of those, yeah, jigsaw like had it looks set like, up. It actually looks like one of those weird ass like Chinese baskets that you sit in and bang someone in. And, yes, like, it hangs does. from the ceiling. Yes, it does. Which Except which gets, them, which, gets them in the, which gets them in the mood because they take off their cameras and they're about to have sex on the floor right then and there. Yes, because when I'm in the home of a serial killer. On a dingy basement floor, the first thing I want to do is lay on it nude. Yeah, I can't wait for whatever bugs are crawling on that to crawl right into my pee hole and ah! butt hole and give me diseases I never knew uh, existed. <sighs> so as they're making out with all their, they, they said, "Oh, there's no cameras here." They take their cameras off and conveniently they move into view of where their cameras landed on the floor, so well, everyone Tyra at home Banks can watch it. And Buster Rhymes are watching um, this on the monitors and like, "Yeah, this is what people are asking for." As they're making out, though, laying on the floor, the wall starts to break a little. Yeah. The wall then breaks open and out spills out all these skeletons. Yeah, it's all the corpses from Ray's Lost Ark, like, all, like in the snake pit. Like, that's, not, that's where the corpses came from. And, yeah, and we're set up to believe, you know, they get up there like, they're fucking freaked out. Scared shitless Jim and Donna. They're fucking losing their shit. Like, oh, my God, it's all, they believed it was all Michael Myers' victims. Yeah. And he, like, stole their bodies and fucking buried them in his... And I feel house. bad that Donna is shirtless. While She's this topless is, at this point. Yeah, while this is going on, and Jim Jim examines the corpses. He sees he's like a rotting old arm. Picks with, it up like a sticker on it. Something picks it up. Looks, he's like, I don't believe this. What made in fucking Taiwan? Yeah, it was all a stage. It was all bullshit. And when the wall had fallen, we cut back to Freddie and Nora, and they're laughing at it, like high fiving each other, like, "Oh, that shit worked." Yeah. So Jim's pissed at this point. He's like, "Let's go." He climbs out of there. She takes a minute, grabs her shirt, but not her bra. Yeah. Left her bra there, puts it back on, and she's about to get out. She hears another little, like, crumbling of wall and sees there's an opening behind that. So she goes to investigate, crawls through, and ends up in, like, a sewer system. Yeah, there's apparently running beneath the Meyer house. Meyer's beneath house. the Hire's house and everything. The Hire's house? Meyer's house. Not the street, me. but, the, well, you never know. Based on the positioning of where they were in that basement, that could have been, you know, the street. Yeah. You never know. Well, no, because look how far the way the Meyer's house is from the street. Yeah. I, I'm overthinking this, but anyway, there's apparently there's a medieval sewer dungeon. Yeah, based there. off the French tunnels. Like, yes, we saw that in, a, uh, in that same production design special like feature. Behind the scenes. And so she walks through, and in there is a dingy stained mattress, all these like dead skeletal remains of rats. And one rat that's been chewed on but still alive. And a little clipping of a newspaper article about Laurie Strode, as we talked about earlier. No mention of her death. No. No mention of her whereabouts. Nope. No mention of fucking anything whatsoever. And at that point, Michael shows up, scares yep. her. She sees the the rat there. It's half chewed, thinking, "Oh, is Freddy's is another one of your props?" And then the thing starts twitching and screaming. Yeah. And she shrieked out, and then the lights go out. 
He starts looking around with a flashlight. Are you any guys seeing this? And sees Michael Myers there and fucking scared shitless and runs. I thought that that was a pretty effective thing. Yeah. The way she's looking around this dark tunnel and, and then, then moving a flashlight and the flashlight points to him. Like if and the fact that it was in first person perspective like that. Right. That would you know I, when I play like Slender: The Arrival or any game like that where all you have is a flashlight in a dark area and you see the like when we were playing. Uh, the, the now ca- unfortunately canceled PT for PC. Where, yeah, where um a fan that just sent a chill down my spine. Just a, talking about a that. fan got you know uh, data mined the uh, version of the of the he like that got the contents of the PS4 demo of PT with yeah. the now canceled Silent Hills got those contents and remade it in Unreal Engine 4 and unfortunately it got shut down. But he was so close to having a 1.0 version released and we played th- we played through it until we couldn't play no more. Yeah. And I got that, you know, it's that same feeling. Yeah, which also, so that, that PT was meant to be a Silent Hill, like, prototype? That was, no, that was the playable demo. So why, to, why was that game canceled? Because of Hideo Kojima's involvement. He was the one making it, oh. and his split with Konami. The and whole he, thing was canceled. He doesn't have the rights. It's, it's owned by Konami. Konami. I mean, there's the, there's the, the new game, Death Stranding, that he's making... I don't know. I I watch every fucking trailer of that, and the more trailers I watch, the more fucking confused I am. The more I forget the game, I feel like he's going full Kojima on this one. I feel like I love Hideo Kojima, but the man needs a, a high degree of restraint. When he's let loose, we get watch Death Stranding trailers. And okay. You, even though Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro are are involved in it. And Mads Mikkelsen, is that how you pronounce his name? Mad Mik- uh, Mikkelsen. Yeah, even though they're involved. But just watch these fucking game trailers, and you will forget that it's a game, and you will have no idea what the fuck is going on. It's just on. like cutscene the movie? It, it's, confuse, it's confusion, the movie. Well, like, like, even well, the most recent gameplay one, it, 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 gameplay is uh, Norman Reedus is walking around. That's it, from a third-person camera's perspective. I mean, no like, HUD elements. Well, are you still going to buy it, though? It's PS4 only. I can't. PS4 exclusive. If I can afford a PS4 soon. If you had a PS4, would you still buy it, though? I would probably wait a while and really see what people think. Would you, you would I would not buy it instantly. I would, I, would, I would do a whole wait and see with it. Because really, there's no... If would any, you watch Let's Plays? Maybe a little bit. Okay. Of, like the beginnings and stuff. I, I, maybe not Let's Plays because of the... Sp- you know, the amount of spoilers that there would be, but maybe, like, just, you know, gameplay demos of people mm-hmm. playing random parts for it. Anyway, so Donna, <laughs> Donna ends up at the back. It's of, called Anything Goes for a Reason, folks. Yeah, anything Goes. So she runs away down the end of the tunnel where it is barred with a gate, and it's kind of jagged with one of the pipes pointed out yeah, towards her. the top of the barred gate is, like, broken. There's a hole someone could crawl through, but she's not really trying. It's locked. It's chained. Yeah, and so she turns around, Michael is there, they struggle, and she tries to fight, and he just impales her on the jagged piece that's st- sticking out from it. Yep, and back... Um, at the ranch, back really. At the, back at the party, Decker's watching this, and everyone's like, oh, that looks so fake, that was this, and... Well, Decker believes, like, no, that really like, just no, happened. that really happened. He's trying to call the police and everything. Um, we were watching in the 25 Years of Terror segment about this, I believe it was the writer. I, we didn't catch his name because I guess he was introduced earlier in it. But he was talking about how he brought this plot to be more of a reverse War of the Worlds, where you took this fictional event that everyone thought you know wasn't real, and it turned out to actually be real, as opposed to War of the Worlds, where this event that everyone believed was real was actually fictional. Yeah. I mean, like, that I think would have been interesting if... Halloween the TV show. <laughs> 
But like, what if we never we're never within the house itself? Like, what if we were just watching a bank of monitors, watching this happen? And we're just seeing it from their perspective. Like, we just cut from just the point of view of the cameras, like the headset cams and, like, the wide shots. Like, that's the only footage. We don't see any 35-millimeter footage or anything. It is just the handicam footage. And well, we you do that. It's actually a special feature. Yes. Like, what if that, like, yeah, what if that was the entire movie? I know that's something that Rick Rosen's all kind of toyed with, but what if that was legit the movie? Would that make this movie at least somewhat more interesting to watch? If it was just the movie, no. Because, I mean, if it wasn't Halloween, I'd say maybe yes. If Maybe if it was something new mm-hmm. that was establishing itself on its own, like, like Blair Witch Project did. Yeah. You know, I would say yes. But for Halloween, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. Because for Halloween, we have like a set, you know, story and mythology that we want to explore that you can't always explore just through first person perspective and, you know, surveillance footage. Mm-hmm. What about like character interactions, you know, that, that aren't that aren't filmed as part of the show, you know? Right. That's understandable, but, like, I'm just thinking, like, of, like, how Cloverfield was done or anything, and, like, and, like the kind of, like, found footage movies, like a found footage version of Halloween set in the Myers house, like that kind of idea. I think it would make an interesting short film. But not an entire feature. Not an entire feature. And so... So we... So now... We get to... Your favorite it, scene. Because I, I revel in how stupid this is. I know this is stupid. I know this is bullshit. But I can laugh at it. After Michael's finished killing Donna, we see Michael enter through the rear entrance of the house coming back in. As and he's then, walking through it, we see out of the back corner of the frame, we see another Michael Myers come in and start Two following. Michael Myerses? The first Michael Myers stops, turns around, and all of a sudden is so shocked. Oh, shit! Yo, Charlie, man, where the fuck you been? It's Freddy dressed as Michael Myers to scare everyone even further, thus pretty much cementing our idea that everything is set up. So I feel that payoff, and that's where that payoff died for me, of all the things we've seen. It's like, okay, we got this new continuity, so let's throw some new ideas out there that maybe Michael snapped because he was, like, tortured as a kid or something, you know, there's something bad, he had a bad home life or whatever. Right. Fucking something, some kind of blip on the radar of life. Just to give this movie like anything, uh, anything that I could work with, but it, that payoff. Don't worry, to all Michael Myers coming from a bad home will be coming up really soon. Ugh. But yeah, this payoff is bullshit. So Freddy starts yelling at Michael Myers. Dressed and up Michael, as Michael Myers, Myers is the audience at this point in dumbfounded confusion watching this happen. I'm playing Michael Myers. If the kids come here and see us wearing the same shit, it's going to ruin the whole effect. They you start, don't get it. You don't get it. He starts tapping on his head. Goes, shit, shit ain't working up there? And the way that the mouth slit is in the mask, it looks like Michael Myers has a stroke victim yelling at somebody. I'm playing Michael Myers. <laughs> the chin moves up. Like the mouth actually moves a little bit in the mask. And Michael's is just like, I left the back door unlocked for your ass. Go back there with Nora and whatever. And you know what happens, folks? Does Michael Myers kill him? Does Michael Myers No, do he obeys. He, ob- he turns around. As, as we just re- reference the cinema snob, we do it a lot because I fucking love the guy. We're going to reference him one more time. So that's all Michael Myers needed all along was to be yelled at like a child. I, I think of... Uh, one of Dennis Leary's stand-ups, not not no cure for cancer, but it's another one. Um, it's in the late '90s, but it's like he's dealing with um, 
I know which one you're talking about. With him with short hair. Coffee-flavored coffee. Yeah, coffee-flavored. Like, I take my coffee and I leave. Like, that's the moment that comes to mind when I think of that. It's like, I just take my coffee and leave. <sighs> and apparently he goes and kills Tyra Banks, but we know we never see it. Yeah, because now, like, he leaves after being told that the back door is unlocked to go to the garage. Yeah. <sighs> At this particular point, um, Jen and Rudy are upstairs. They brought... Yeah, they brought like they a brought really, some party goods with them. Yeah, he brought a small bong and then it was blazing up in, in the bathroom. Blazing up, getting high. Yeah. And of course, it's more, you know, teenage comedy, whatever. And then they're like, hey, thank God there's no cameras in here. We're wearing cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so poor Sarah, she's sitting there looking through something. She found some kind of book or whatever. She's looking through it. And out of the back corner, kind of like the old Dean Cundy dimmer switch shot. Yeah, a slow exposure of Michael coming into frame. Michael emerges from the back. Uh, she sees him, screams, Michael's here, runs out and, uh, you know. And grabs Rudy, who's coming out of the bathroom, pretty high at this point. Like, oh, my God, Michael, you know, he's coming back down the stairs. Oh, my God, I just saw Michael, Michael's here. Like, what are you talking about? Nobody's here. And Michael comes from behind and grabs her and pulls her away. Yeah. At which point, Jim, who still had, like, the prop arm that he found and, amongst and the dead bodies. cracks Michael across the head hits with him. Hits him right over the back of the head with it, knocking him down. At which point, we find out. It's actually Freddy's. Telling, Turn your cameras off. Turn your cameras off. Which they do they cut, for some reason. They have the, 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 the wireless cameras they're wearing have an off switch. You know, they turn it off. and cut back to Deckard and, and all the party watching. Like throw up like, their hands like, in anger. Like, come on. make it work because they see the signal cut out. Which I, at that point just cuts to a wide shot. You know, uh, Freddy, he takes the mask off. And, you know, basically tells them how it's all a setup. It's all bullshit. Like, we're, we're going to find, have you guys, you know, walking around a dingy house all night and nothing happens. So he basically did it just for entertainment value. Didn't tell anyone about it. Mm-hmm. And the whole the whole night was, the whole thing was just a big setup bullshit. So he could make money. So Freddie could make tons of fucking money. Yeah. And then, like, re- nobody wants reality TV. It's all bullshit. Everybody just wants a little razzle-dazzle. And this was definitely an allegory of reality TV at the time and still very much to this day. Yeah, because don't they reference the Osbournes at this point? Yeah, in the beginning. They, re- they were going to be more famous than the Osbournes. Another, you know, thing that... Because, like, Osbournes was, like, the first really successful reality TV show. I say Survivor was. Which premiered first? Survivor. In the year 2000, right. And Osbournes was 02, right? Uh, something around there, yeah. And... I yeah. think it was filmed in 01, because I remember one episode when Ozzy was on tour, and that was for a tour I actually saw. Was it Solo or Ozfest? Solo. Okay. The the uh, Holiday, what was it? No. Holiday Hell to- Christmas, I don't know, it was Christmas something. Who's opening for him? Rob Zombie. No shit. And Mudvayne and this other band, Soil, that should have gone further than they did. Huh. Mudvayne fucking sucked, though. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and so, yeah, and so... Rudy says, I'll do this, so is Jim, but Sarah... No, no, no. Jim says he's, he Jim needs says the he's money. willing to do it for the money. Rudy and Sarah say no. Fred, Freddie basically says, it's like, you're all going to make a ton of money off of this. You all do whatever you want. I'm going to split with you, but please, until then, don't fuck this up for me. You know? And he puts his mask on and then scampers off. It literally, like, scampers, like, ha, 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 Yeah, like, he literally, like, hunches over, like, ooh, yep. I'm going to scare somebody. Rudy and Sarah are pissed. They say, this shit ain't what I signed up for. They go to leave. Jen emerges from the room upstairs, high as a fucking kite. Yeah, seriously. And Michael comes out from another room at the top of the stairs. But no, they no, no. S- she, she yanks down the uh, door oh, to the yes, attic, yes. and Bill's body comes down. She screams. Everybody thinks she's playing along, like she's playing another joke. She reaches the top of the stairs to, it's like, no, this is real. That's when Michael emerges. Like, Bill's dead. And they see her from at the bottom of the stairs saying, yeah, whatever, Jen, it's a prank. That's when Michael merges upstairs next to Jen. Thinking they say, that it's Freddy. Say, Freddy. Somehow we're, we're he got not- up there and. 
Say, Freddy, we're not interested. He then takes out his knife and fucking decapitates Jen in one swipe. One swipe. Rolls down the stairs with all them looking in horror. And they all fucking scream and run. Yeah. Uh, Jim is the smart guy. He takes the camera that was set up in the corner with him, hides around the corner, and as Michael comes into the living room to the left, whacks whacks him him in the head. Rudy and Sarah trying to escape. Unfortunately, Jim stays to fight. Michael takes his knife, stabs it into the wall, kind of shocking Jim for a sec. He's like paralyzed with fear. What are you going to do? Grabs him by the head and does like a a weird, does like the Brady thing where he like crushes his fucking skull. Only, I don't think not as effective because we see like blood coming out of his eyes and it's just like, I think it lingers on too much. I think the reason why Brady's wouldn't work is like the the thumb going into his cheek and just the sound design. The the lighting lighting was, was so much more effective. Yeah. So, uh... Sarah goes to escape. Michael per- tries starts pursuing her up the stairs where the stairs break and she's stuck. Rudy comes back to get to Michael's attention to, to save Sarah, to get her away. She, she manages to free herself, goes and hides upstairs. Uh, Michael follows Rudy where Rudy takes out the thing of spices he had before, throws it in his face, you know, yeah. and it blinds Michael for a like second. pocket sand blinds him. Then he takes out the knives that were still there, starts, you know, swinging at them, trying to stop him. He tries to go out a door, but it's locked. Yeah. Oh, shit. At which point. You know, he tries to stab Michael with one, he grabs his hand. Tries to stab him with the other, grabs his hand. This Michael is a then, cool moment, though. Yeah, Michael then twists both his hands inward and stabs him with, and basically causes Rudy to stab himself with yeah. both knives. And literally picks him up. And pins him to the fucking wall. Yeah, and pales him with that, and then grabs another, another knife, and then stabs him right through the chest through the wall again. It, it definitely seems like it's trying to one-up the Bob death from the first movie. Yes. So Sarah's upstairs freaking out. She goes to a camera that's there. That's mounted up at the top corner. Say, please help us. He's killed. Trying to, trying to plead with the viewers. And like half the audience at, at, back at the party believe her. And the other half is like, wow, she's really she's committed. She's a great actress. She's committed to this. So finally she takes out her palm pilot and says, Deckard, because she knows Deckard's watching. Deckard yeah. emails says, help. At which point Scott, Deckard's friend, says, Deckard. M- Miles is Deckard. Deckard yeah. And he's frantically typing. So he's kind of cluing her in on where Michael is throughout the as house. As well as Deckard does call the police at this point. Yes. <clears throat> Deckard's like Deckard's kind of like her eyes when it comes to the the setup of the the cameras in the house. Yeah, and trying to guide her, you know, safely out. He's coming up the stairs. He tells her tries the window. She goes out the window, and she's on the roof now. Michael sees the open window. You know, sticks his head out and she kicks him in the face. Tries, yeah. but tries to run away where he slashes her across the back of the leg. So she's right. wounded now. Yeah, she manages to get in the attic window safely. You know, takes off her camera headset. Looks at it, back at her, like that Blair Witch... Uh, There's her Blair Witch moment. Blair yeah. Witch moment you describe, saying, where is he? And Decker's letting her know where he is. The minute he gets far enough away, she goes down the attic, climbs over Bill's His dead bo- body. And we see Charlie's buddy bodies in the attic as well. Yeah, Charlie's body was stashed up there. The cameraman, Charlie, yeah. from earlier, who was impaled through the throat and didn't bleed a drop. Nope. You know, he was didn't get any on the floor, just on himself, Yep. somehow. He's up there. She climbs down... Tries to, you know, slowly get away, where she's immediately grabbed by somebody. And yeah. In coveralls. It's Freddy. And he's like, everybody's dead. We got to get the fuck out of here right now. Yeah, he grabs her, puts his hand over her mouth so she won't scream. You know, he found, Freddy has now found all these bodies. You know, we got to get the fuck out of here. Where is he? I don't know. And that's when Michael, like, does Decker give him one more message, or does they try and move and, like... They try and move, and I think Michael finds him, which is where Freddy then karate kicks Michael into one of the rooms. Yes, and so this is when... If the movie has not jumped the shark yet, if if you have somehow 
like saying giving this movie a benefit of the doubt and like we're willing to buy everything that's happened thus far. There are not enough sharks in the sea to be jumped like, that this movie has jumped like by you, now. Like people say, jump the shark, nuke the fridge, kung fu grip, kung fu fighting, Buster Rhymes. Buster, kung fu kicked Michael Myers. Yeah. He looks at, you know, Michael Myers. He's being, he, after being thrown around, he looks at him with this like action movie look like, so you want to be on Danger Team? And Michael's like, what? Tilts his head. Does the head tilt, you know? So he starts, you know, roundhouse kicking him, karate yeah. kicking him. It doesn't work. Michael. Yeah, he gets know. one in, tries the exact same move again. Michael grabs him in his leg, and Buster Rhymes is hopping on one leg. Sarah takes this opportunity to, to grab a camera that's mounted up in the top and corner. And cord and jumps on Michael's back, <clears> wrapping wraps him around, around his neck. him. She's like piggybacking him now, wrapping this thing around his neck. Uh, Buster Rhymes, you know, he like she, he go, he knocks her off, goes to kill her. Buster Rhymes distracts him for him. Like manages to get his attention. All yeah. you gotta do is just yell at Michael Myers, and you'll get his attention. Yeah, because he has worse ADD than I do. He'll at stop. This point. He'll stop killing whoever he's currently killing just to pay attention to you. Where he spin kicks him through the window, out it. Where Michael Myers is hung and now dangling around. He's doing his impression of what the audience wants to do. While yeah, but, like this. the audience wants to hang himself at this point because you're just like you're just so. Michael Myers hanging there is is an allegory of the audience. Yes, and they believe everything's fine, and then. We get a message from Decker saying he's still alive. They, well, they look at the window and they go the cable... down the stairs. Buster yeah. Rhymes talking about how, like, I saw, you know, where he's been living. Now, has he been here un- under the house for like the past twenty years or whatever? Yeah. He finds his la- his underground, his hit- his layer. out volcano layer. <laughs> underneath is it the house. is it a volcanic layer like I asked for? We, of course. We get the message from Decker. You know, they they look out the window. They see that <coughs> he's not there anymore. He cut the cord. And he says, "Where is he? In the house?" And all of a sudden, we the just... palm pilot beeps. It's Decker in the house. And when they look up from it, the camera rotates slightly, and there's Michael standing right behind him. Yep, he was just waiting for that message there. He's uh, waiting for the ironic moment. And then Michael does the audience the biggest, fa- what we think is the biggest favor ever, takes up the knife and stabs Buster Rhymes repeatedly in the shoulder. Yep, Buster Rhymes drops, drops, and we think he's dead. And so... He chases Sarah through the house. She ma- makes her way into the basement through, you know, through the dungeon. Yeah. Into the sewer area where she gets, you know, finds Donna's body impaled mm-hmm. on the gate. Michael is in hot pursuit. But she has enough time to backtrack just a little bit where she finds a manhole. And she goes up it and heads up into the garage. Apparently, the Haddonfield fucking sewers lead into a fucking residential garage. Like, Was, there, This isn't the fucking Ninja Turtles. Like, there shouldn't be manholes like this. Has there ever been an incident in Haddonfield where, like, a sewage worker has to go down there to work on something and, like, he just disappears? We, we lost 14 sewage workers down there in the past 20 years. You know? We're not going to investigate it whatsoever. We're, we're just going to keep sending sewage workers down there, you know? The fucking toilets have been backing up for 20 years. But, and, so, and so Sarah looking around the garage and we find out it's covered in blood and we have a, a repeat of how Jimmy got hurt in Halloween 2 where she walks into a... Uh, a the floor covered in blood. She turns and spins, and she goes as over TK, landing on it, and slips and lands on her back. Except doesn't knock herself out like Jimmy. No, it was far more brutal in that, and I think and, I think it has to go with the stunt and Dean Cundey's lighting. And looking up, she sees fucking uh, Tyra Banks, is Tyra Banks, Nora's body hanging up there, so we know she bit the dust. Yeah, and it, wasn't there like a deleted scene with, like, of her murder or anything? I think there was, but because because this movie you know had a couple of reshoots, there was a work print, I, at least two work prints leaked on the internet mm-hmm. that were that were leaked, and a lot of deleted scenes from both of those that like, didn't make it into any final release. So there's still there's still deleted scenes out there. But speaking of reshoots, and they're definitely different things because we've reached the climax where Michael has pursued. And as, she, as she got out of the manhole, she knocked the gas can over. Yes, 
No, she knocked the uh, lawnmower over that gas can. Uh, yes, she knocked. Well, no, she knocked the lawnmower over, trying, trying to cover the manhole, and knocked the gas can over with it. Yes, and so Michael comes into the garage, and he's searching for, her, and Sarah has hidden in one of the corners of the garage, and Michael notices the monitor and sees himself on there, and he turns in the direction of where that's coming from, and like in Friday Thirteenth Part Two and maybe Three, where. Where character comes out with a chainsaw and in order to defend herself against the slasher villain, and he's able to do like she's able to cut him maybe for a moment and then. But she's also screaming the whole time. This is for Rudy. This is for Jen. For all of. She's trying to sound intense, but instead she just sounds adorable. Yeah, and gas runs out. Like oh shit! And then she's like, eat saw, and just chucks it and knocks Throws him on his ass, and knocks him him on his ass. Yeah. But in the while she's falling over, she trips over a cart. And a five-channel mix board and some cords. And now she's stuck, apparently. Like, I, like I've fallen, I can't get up. And in the confusion, one of the severed wires from the equipment falls onto the gas. And ignites igniting. it like, like it's at the end of a DC Comics uh, animated movie. Where everything has to blow up at the end. Yep, igniting the fucking lawnmower and everything, blowing up, knocking it. That's what knocked her down. Yeah. And in the background, Michael yeah, she sits She should up. be dead from that concussion explosion yeah. anyway, but... She's trapped under under a, a tiny mixing board the size of my tablet that I have right here, my Amazon Fire HD 10. Yeah, you can't get up. Michael gets sits up. Sits up. And he does his Michael Myers sit up, gets up, and he's about to kill her. And that's when the door of the side of the garage Bust gets kicked through. through by Buster Rhymes. And uh, he says the immortal lines, alive. trick or treat, motherfucker. motherfucker. He and grabs his shovel, hits him with it. It doesn't do anything. Knocks the head off of it. So he starts tw- he starts spinning like around a bo- like it's a bow staff. Like, yeah, they, he thinks he's Donatello all of a sudden. Another Ninja Turtle reference. Attacks him with it. Doesn't work. Gets knocked out. You know. Yeah, he gets he gets thrown like ash, like Evil Dead, into some uh, cabinets. No, no, some uh, shelves. Michael walks over to kill him, but he's kind of playing possum. And at the last second, he yanks out because he's right next to I guess where the um, exposed the, generator cord or something like that. The, the generator cords are all plugged in. Yanks one of them out, sticks it on his dick, electrocuting Michael Myers in the dick. Yeah. Which sends him flying backwards. And Michael, and Michael ends up getting tangled in the wires that were hanging overhead. Yeah. Buster Rhymes then takes the wire just so he, you know, to try and stop him so he can't get his composure back. Throws it onto the puddle of blood as like a big conductor, electrocuting the shit out of Michael Myers and causing the place to burn down even further. Is blood conductive? It's a liquid. I don't know. Mm. He's wearing rub- shoes with rubber soles. Yeah. And so... Buster he saves Rhymes, Sarah. He picks her, her, picks her up, throws her over her shoulder, and says, Michael, happy fucking Halloween. Turns to him and says, hey, Michael, happy fucking Halloween. And but starts. that's not how one of the endings were. Uh-huh. There was actually a deleted ending. And I don't know if there was another deleted scene to go with this, where instead of Freddy breaking through the door, Deckard does. Yeah. And pulls her out to safety. Yeah, but this is also Michael suddenly in the cords anyway. Yes, before, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> Presumably, I guess, the throwing of the chainsaw knocked him into the cords, and, that, and, and she that's falls how he over. Tangled. Yeah. She, he rescues her. She says, oh, you're all right. Who are you? I'm Deckard. Yeah, and presumably they'd go off to have a happy ever after with I that guess. moment. Now, I'm guessing if there, there was a deleted scene that was lost to go with that, where, like he, him leaving where the party. he's there at the party and says, fuck this shit, I'm going to go there myself. Yeah. You know, but... That didn't happen. The garage burns down, and for years, for, like the paramedics, fire department comes for years, I thought the whole Myers house burned so down. So did I. 
I, I was gonna like I thought like it, it was spread because we see like the shed, uh, this garage is so close to trees, and it's right next to the Myers house, which is very old and made of wood. You figured the fire would have spread. Uh, and truthfully, that's that's actually something major. The Myers house is now no longer exists. Yeah. That's something we never got in any other Halloween movie. It would have been a change from how this movie starts, this movie, and the Myers house is destroyed. It would have been something where, like, the movie... the like, It irrevocably changed. Irrevocably changed from where... It is now different from where it started. However, I'm looking at this as we're watching it, and I'm like, this looks like a really small... For whatever reason, this never clicked with me before. Like, the surface area of the, the fire that has just been put out that the firemen are now exploring, that's now, you know, just wooden frames and ashes. Like, the surface area of this, the square footage, is actually pretty fucking small. Did it's the garage burn down, or did the house burn down? And in the Deckard ending that was cut, as they're running away, they're running alongside the right side of the house, which is clearly not on fire. Yeah, and it's confirmed in the behind-the-scenes the featurette about the production when design. The, when the production designer says that this is the shed that's going to burn down at the end. Yeah, so like the house would still continue, but the garage that seemingly just pops up is gone. But the fact that we never get any... we ne- Because the rest of the movie is filmed on the street, you know? Yeah. Like they said, they had, they had the filming on the street and the seamlessly on-location. blended it. The on-location was blended with the, the soundstage footage. We never get another shot back of the Myers house. No. After, at the end. So, you know, the paramedics are taking care of everyone, patching them up. Freddie says, I swear I never knew. I'd take it all back if I could. Right. The whole thing. Um, because the slasher movie, it's supposed to be like a lot of mess between women empowerment, and the woman's supposed to destroy the yes. male <laughs> monster that's coming after them, but no. The Buster Rhymes did it. So Sarah, she's standing there, you know, by herself with a little blanket on as the news media there. Hounds her for an answer. Um, well, before that, she gets a message on Pompon and says, you're all right. She's like, how do you know? You're, we could see you on the news. Right. And the news media comes over to talk to her. It's like, oh, is there anything you could say? Thank you, Deckard. And everyone at the party, you know, high fives, shakes hands, gives each that. other hugs. You know, we're like, great job, Deckard. You we know, all you did, did it. Yeah. We did it. We built this city. <laughs> That's what they needed when they <laughs> high five <laughs> and hugged. Freeze frame. We built this city on rock, rock and roll. So as the media is hounding her, who hates that song, and I know he's gonna fucking hate it for it. I'm like, I say you don't know me. (laughs) I'll recognize my face. I'd rather listen to that on loop for two hours and watch Halloween Resurrection. Yes, I kind of like that song though. Yeah. So as the media is hounding Sarah, Freddie comes along and says, "Dangertainment is off the air." Oh, what about Michael? Michael Myers is a great white. He's sh- a shark. It's like he's a sound bite. Not a sound. You know, arbitrary dialogue that was written on the toilet yeah. five minutes. Five minutes before shooting. Yeah. And, and but we see Myers' buddy is, yep. is taken out. The, uh, they're taken out, but Sarah, uh, Sarah wants to see it. She's like, yeah. I want to see him. Fireman's like, yeah, it's not pretty, it's not pretty. But, op- but unzips him and pulls the and pulls back the cover to reveal Myers' body. Now it's, obst- it's obscured though; we don't get a full no. shot just yet. So of course, Freddie says, "Oh, Michael, looking a little crispy, looking a little chicken fried, motherfucker." There. Now, one of the endings had Michael Myers coming back to life. Now, during that, during Freddie's little spiel, and he grabs and tries to choke him by the throat. Yep, Sarah took. If takes he the- did, but like. Sarah intervenes doing the one dumb thing that she does in this movie and, and allows Buster Rhymes to live. She takes the fire axe off the fire truck right next to them and, and hit, chops him right in the head with it. Like Jason in Fire 13 Part 3. And 
Buster Rhymes is probably, look at you, fucking badass woman, kill hey, But, like, nobody else around them reacts to this. Nobody's, like, there's a fireman in the background. He's kind of just looking over, seeing what's going on. Like, nobody reacted to the idea that the fucking serial killer just sprung back to life after and tried being to kill burned. Somebody. Yes. And got an axe to the face. Yeah, that's one one day. That's one of the endings. Another one, we cut back to the theatrical ending where it's like... Yep, after all that is over. Oh, before that. There is another one where we haven't seen the body yet. And CSI has just arrived and is going over the scene of the garage being burnt up. And we find the manhole cover to the... I miss... Well, go ahead. (laughs) The sewer unopened. And when the CSI agent, she looks down and she has like a a very long necklace kind of like hanging off of her. Or like her ID badge. And Michael Myers burnt up, grabs the badge and yanks her down and cuts the black. I'm assuming that the scene before of Sarah and Freddy cuts before they actually pull the body out on the gurney. Yeah. And then it goes to that ending. But the theatrical ending that we did get, we cut to the the, uh, the coroner's office. Yep. They bring the body in. They say, oh, another one? Oh, the coroner's No, like, no, this is a celebrity. Oh, you got a celebrity. Like, oh, really? Who? I'm not kidding. Michael Myers. And she looks back like... What? Like, oh, shit. Unzips the body bag where we get the full shot of him in his fucking Nosferatu pose. Yeah. Arms crossed, you know, on fire. She leans down to examine his mask and about to take it off. And All then... of a sudden, eyes open and we get a... With a scream, and then cut to black. Cut to black, credits. And that is the death of the Halloween franchise. Literally. This... It was so... Has what, it... what is the budget of this movie? It ha... Well, it currently has a 12% Rotten Tomatoes score and a 19 Metacritic score. Uh, for it, you know, it actually made fucking 30... Was it $37 million? Based on a... Uh... Hold on a sec. Okay, but like it was a one device where I have all my information brought up. It's fine, but like it, it, this was so so panned and was so hated by people that they had hit fifteen million dollar estimated budget. Where did that money go? Because building the house. It doesn't take fifteen million dollars to build a house. Oh, where did that money go? Bust the right advertising I, budget. I guess just. I'm guessing so cheap. Truthfully, I'm guessing that's the advertisement budget. It looks so cheap in comparison to H2O. It feels cheap in comparison to H2O. Uh, it is not worthy enough to hold up hold H2O's jockstrap as a sequel. And it's so bad they the had to hit Halloween. the remake button during the mid 2000s when everything was being remade. Yes, uh, the Halloween series fucking literally died at this point. This was so fucking bad. It has been so universally poorly received. I, I feel. Uh, I want, well, I want to say I feel bad for all the actors, but they I'm sure they got paid good money. I hope so. They were happy to be in a Halloween film, but it's just like this movie fucking sucked. And, and, and like we were getting actively mad while watching this at times. I'm just so dejected right now that like something that we love and care about for so much had hit such a low point. And there was going to be another sequel. There was going to be a Halloween 9. Where um, did it go? All the, well, all those plans were... Put on hold indefinitely when Mustafa Akkad was sadly killed at a suicide bombing in Jordan. Him and his daughter in 2005 were uh, killed in the blast of a suicide bomber. Yes. Um, you know, Malik Akkad, his oldest son, took over the reins and ever since has. And at that point, you know, the horror remake, you know, craze was already in full force. Because the yeah. following year, the Resurrection was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, right? Like, which like, really started it. I mean, like, you could argue even, like, go back further, 298 with Gus Van Sant's Psycho, but that was not a success. That was not a success in and any it's way, a, shape, a or terrible form. movie. If you want to hear my viewings of it, myself and Guy Milks talked about that last October for our, our uh, Halloween, like, uh, horror movie stuff that we wanted, uh, horror movies we wanted to discuss. 
we discussed all about remakes. That's one we covered. You want to hear my thoughts on that? But no, it was literally the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 03 version, is what kicked off the Halloween hey, remakes. Until honestly, God, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake kicked off the remake craze, like Halloween kicked off the slasher craze. There were ones before it, yeah. but this is the one that kicked it into high gear, where yes. everyone was doing it. And there are, if there was in, during that craze, I think there's one actually outstanding remake of that bunch. The Hills Have Eyes. I think the Hills Have Eyes remake is no disrespect to Wes Craven's one, but I think like the one thing that happens it is the low budget. I think the the bigger budget of the remake and was Alex uh, Alexander uh, Aja, who do like Piranha and he did like Hot Tension. He like I think he brought such a brutality to that movie, but. Yeah, so, yeah, and so Halloween, we'll, we'll talk about further on. That the, th- the thing made. I find tr- most offensive about Halloween Resurrection is that you had every everything was finally wrapped up as well as it could with H2O. Like, even if you want to look at it like where the, th- you know, if you want to look at it as 4, 5, and 6 did happen, you know, and like H2O did follow 4, 5, and 6, it's like, okay, yeah, like baby Steven and everything, what happened to that? But like Michael was killed, so everything was wrapped up, you know? It doesn't matter where they are because they'll never be fucking haunted by that evil again. You know, he had his head chopped off by his original, you know, per, not his original victim, but... The first one who defeated him initially. You know, the first person to ever, like, stop stand up, Stand up to him and everything. Yeah, like the first... Per, his, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, which, also, now thinking about it, how we kind of criticize this movie that, like, yeah, Buster Rhymes saves... Uh, Sarah in this. Loomis does save Laurie at the end of Halloween. Yes. And I mean, we had everything We had everything wrapped up. We had an, an ending. If there's one thing I love is when a story, especially in the modern age of fucking reboots and remakes and shit, when you could give a movie series a fucking ending, I'm satisfied whether it sucks or not. That's because why you, you know it. At least it's, it's the end. Yeah, that's why you you have warm feelings towards Dark Knight Rises because there's an ending to yes, that. Yes, it's the first time Batman ever got a happy ending. Yeah, I loved fucking you know Rocky Balboa. Yes, how it managed to take something like like Rocky Five, which was another fucking hated sequel. Yeah, and actually justify its existence. And now with the Creed movies, how awesome those are. Those are like an epilogue in of themselves. And I hope the Creed series that we have begun is given this is given the exact same uh respect right and treatment like if there's one that fails i like, hope they don't just cut I'm it off wo- i'm worried i'm worried because like ryan coogler's like feelings and his like flair for that the first creed movie is not going to be part of this one because he's not part of this movie it's, it's stallone directing it but i'm hoping that it'll i trust sylvester stallone because he he was the one he was the drive behind the rocky movies he directed number what, how many he directed most of them didn't he I know he kicked out the director of the first one to do two and everything, and there was kind of like bad blood between the two of them, but he would go on to like redo Rocky again with the Karate Kid because he did Karate Kids 1, 2, and 3, the director of the first uh, Rocky movie. I forget the dude's name now. Anyway, so yeah, series do run along, and they do run into the ground, and this one is such like we had such a, a satisfying ending, a cathartic ending, in your opinion, for the for your fear of Michael Myers. And this is just no. Let's do another one because the other one's successful. Because we, we need, need a product. Money. Yeah. If you ask me, they should have. They. If you ask me, they should have remade it right away. After H two O. After H two O, if I wanted to go anywhere with Halloween, I would have done a remake. Maybe Halloween could have started the remake craze just like they started the slasher craze. It's possible. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, only a year after this, House of a Th- House of a Thousand Corpses would have been released. So Rob Zombie wasn't established yet. So you could have gotten something else. Depending on you know your feelings on the Rob Zombie remakes out there, 
which we'll get to next month. Mm-hmm. But well, when it comes to watching Halloween Resurrection, if you if you fucking insist, do you when you do your rewatch of the series and everything? Do you do you put this on or do you skip it and go right? I to skip your, it. You go right to the remake. Yeah, I skip it. I don't want to watch this. Uh, it is the first time we will not recommend to watch something. We we what was it? We we because like I said, my PlayStation Three, which has been my Blu-ray player forever, is having problems. We had to resort to my old DVD copy, which I haven't been able to get rid of it yet because no one wants it. Um, Uses a coaster. I don't. Know. I got it as a three pack because usually, usually, Curse of Michael Myers, H two O, and Resurrection are lumped together in like a three pack because they they were the three that Dimension did that were part of the original film series. Yeah. This was the only one out of those three that was actually in anamorphic widescreen. The rest were fucking letterboxed. So, of course, of all the ones you do, even though H2O was advertised on the back, enhanced for 16 by 9 TVs, which in that era meant anamorphic widescreen. Yeah. It's the only one that is. Um, plenty of special features. If you must fucking see this film and you want to watch it on DVD, that's the one to go with. Yeah, there's a new commentary track with Burke Rosenthal on there, the director of Halloween 2 and this one. Yeah, the, I mean, the special features are actually really cool. They have um, ways where you could watch, like, the camera footage just as the cameras. Yeah. I believe it's interactive, too. I've never watched it because fucking I don't give a fuck. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Now, back in 2012, there was a release by Echo Bridge. Entertainment, the esteemed Echo Bridge, who bungled the ever-loving fucking shit out of, you know, their Halloween Curse of Michael Myers and H2O releases, especially, you know, Curse of Michael Myers. But fortunately, this one, you know, when it comes to video and sound quality, it's actually allegedly pretty good. Blu-ray.com gives it, you know, good reviews for that. Uh, Extras, you have pretty much the same things. I feel like there's a little bit missing. Eh, it's pretty much the same shit, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like... I'm looking here on Blu-ray.com's review that I had, and it it tends to be just the same stuff. So if, if you're going to go with something, you could pretty much, you know, go with the Echo Bridge release. There's also the release that was on the um, Blu-ray box set, which, I mean, fucking, of course, I recommend... We, 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 we praised about the entire franchise thus far. Yeah, and but the thing is, that one was not sold separately. No. So at this particular point... Well, at... I mean, yeah, at this particular point, you're, uh, and actually, according to Blu-ray.com, it's not as good as the Echo Bridge one. Video quality-wise or audio quality-wise? Yeah. Huh. Well, video quality-wise. Oh, okay. But, I mean. Special features are all there, you know. And a, a couple more, actually. A couple more interviews and whatnot. Presumably so, made for that release. Yeah. So, I mean, even though you're suffering with video quality a little bit, will you really give a fuck? I'd say no. go with the complete collection because you get, you get more overall even if the video suffers. Mm-hmm. But if you have to own this movie on its own, the Echo Bridge release is a safe safe bet, yeah. un- unlike the previous two movies. Final thoughts. I need fucking booze right now. I need booze and a beach. It's, it's not from you. I know. We're not giving each other mutual depression hand jobs. No, we're not doing that. It's just the thing is, I hurt inside right now. It's like the the terrible script, the bad written characters, the cheesy sound effects, the lackluster jump scares. It's just 
the poor mask. I, I don't like the mask like how it's designed. Like I think like the actor playing Myers is doing an okay job at certain points and a bad job otherwise. Buster Rhymes' whole character, it just it hurts. It really, really is pain. And what sucks is that this. the good things that you can pick out of this are few and far between. Few and far between, and they feel like a lost call. It feels like these good things don't deserve to be in this movie. No. A movie like this doesn't deserve to have good things because it's like it feels like it's hurting them. Like like the, the whole premise of people being trapped in the Myers that would make a good book. Yeah, that would make a good you know short film, a good TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, do it in a less fucking dated way. Yeah, like a, like a fucking game show or something, mm-hmm. or, or or like a uh, Ghost Hunters thing. Yeah, because I mean that's uh, I, the idea of people. I, I guess that would make it a little dated as well the idea mm-hmm. of like having a ghost hunter show right i mean that's that's basically what the you know the beginning of resident evil 7 is mm-hmm. where you have the ghost hunter people going in the baker house but i mean ghost hunters is also you know a tv show. it's not an internet reality show you know no reality shows have been around long enough it's not an internet real streaming reality show in an era when streaming video was not feasible no even as shitty as it, the 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 found footage looked in this the streaming footage looked in this it was still not fucking feasible back then at all. I remember trying to stream little clips, and you would just see the little bar slowly loading. You'd have to wait like a couple minutes for the thing to fully load if it was of any watchable quality whatsoever. Right. Yeah, it's just I don't recommend to watch this one. Skip it. Uh, definitely not. As far as I'm concerned, this isn't even a fucking Halloween movie. No. Is... I ignore this one completely. Yeah. But I am not someone – I've told you this a million times – one of the things I fucking despise about the internet, which pretty much helped turn me off of social media, everything, is when something bad comes out and people say, it ruined that. Yeah. The Last Jedi ruins Star Wars. Right. Everything ruins this. It yeah. ruins that. Like, really? It ruins that. You mean to tell me you can't pop the in prequels, that stuff before? The prequels ruin Star Wars. Meanwhile, like you, yeah, meanwhile, you couldn't pop in your old copies and watch it and enjoy it. No, you're you're incapable of doing that. Yes. You're incapable of detaching your emotion of that like that. That your whole life is revolved around a piece of pop culture that is a, clearly a first world problem. Because I understand that pop culture and media is able to help you get through the day and and barely grind. Because we all realize eventually that we're all going to die. And whenever we spend our free time doing something that's really kind of innocuous that gives us joy, and somebody does a continuation and something that you don't agree with that all of a sudden it just taints everything else in there if that really is a problem for you that you could not accept the fact that oh one movie ruins the entire series I'm sorry go fuck yourself so he's telling me to go fuck myself because I was just about to say this ruins Halloween for me but I say this ruins this m- one movie I don't, I don't like because it, I, I, it, I don't it, think it, it discredits the rest of the franchise well here's no? the thing I, I feel in, in some ways it does, not to the fucking extremes people, most people go yeah that's what I'm saying the extreme people are saying like oh but no. it's just like this killed Halloween for a very long time this took the fucking ending that we got that that few other horror franchises get the yeah. satisfying conclusion this cathartic ending where you know after all these horrible things have happened to so many people you know the the first person to survive it was the one that finally ended it and to sort of get you know that penance and revenge and and find that peace for all that had happened before you know that's fucking gone just ignore it i do it but it's so hard cuz it exists you know it's so cuz i think about it 
like I'll watch it. I'll watch H2O, the ending of it, and I'll sarcastically say, wow, that's the strongest paramedic I'll ever see. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, Because it's there. When I'm watching the original Halloween, I'll say, hmm, I wonder if he was in his dungeon before she came knocking, before she put the key under the doormat, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm willing to, I'm able to detach myself late and say, like, no. I mean, I, I do because I just choose not to watch it. Yeah. If I can't help it, I think the last I, I understand time it I think the last time I watched it when I was when it was when I was building my Michael Myers house in Minecraft. Yeah. And I needed it just for the fucking left side of the house layout that, that this provides. <laughs> but I don't willingly watch it if it's on TV, which I really don't see it on TV anymore. No. I fucking choose not to watch it. Yeah. Because it really did screw up Halloween for me for a very long time. Yeah. And still, in some ways, it kind of lingers a bit. It's like when someone burns toast, always leaves a trace behind. Dried apricots, dried grapefruit, dried peaches. What's your favorite food, Doc? French fries and ketchup. All right, I think we can get you some. Yeah. What's up, Doc? You just look like him. He looks like a doc. You don't. How'd you like some ice cream, Doc? It's, she called it shining. You know what I was watching today? The South Kubrick's, Park. Oh no, the South Park episode "Nightmare on FaceTime," which is a, just a complete parody of The Shining. When Randy buys a blockbuster video, yes, like one of the last ones, and he's slowly losing his fucking mind. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's our thoughts on and my thoughts on fandom. I'm gonna go fucking hang myself now. Please do. Um, so, happy yours, buddy. <laughs> happy birthday! Oh, I just dropped my water bottle. I know you're on social media plugs. So you don't have to well, worry about that. I think we should let everyone know next month we're doing things a little different. Yeah, since we have done a previous review of Rob Zombie's Halloween, we have not done it for Halloween two. So we're gonna record a new intro and possibly a new outro for the Rob Zombie Halloween, and then we're gonna. You may be you may be a little disappointed that next month we're giving you something that we've already done. We're kind but, of just we're chewing our food twice, but we're also to, gonna review to make up for it. We're going to get our review of of Hollow, Rob Zombie's Halloween two in. So you guys are getting two next month. We'll yeah. probably re up Halloween at the beginning of the month and Halloween two towards the end of the month. Yes. So we're we're changing we're, we're flipping the script a little. Right. Mostly because we in this case we have to kind of chew our food twice. Yeah. Don't worry, it will be worth it, I promise you, for that. Because yep. Halloween 2, truthfully, it's like everyone can sit here and say, oh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, you know, ruined Halloween. It's like I would wa- I have watched that more times than I've watched Halloween Resurrection because I, I find it to be very fascinating. I, I wouldn't I'll, say it's a good movie, but I'll admit, there's a lot. I'll admit, that, like, I have watched Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Like, even though, like, I'm not the biggest fan of it, I've watched it more than Resurrection. Yes. I'll bet that. I don't think it's a good movie, but there's a lot there that really, really piques my interest. That I really, uh, there's things I appreciate. They deviate from the norm in ways that they, they deviate from the norm in ways that I appreciate, even if the execution is sucks. We'll get there. We'll get there next month. Yeah, you don't have any social media. I ain't got jack shit. Leave me alone. Yeah, so you can follow. Want to hear my shitty voice? Just come listen to <laughs> ask him. If you want to, uh, 
obviously support the show. Um, find us on SoundCloud.com and on iTunes. Uh, leave us a five-star written review. It helps us get the word out there. Smash that like button. Uh, you can also follow my other podcast, Please Rewind, uh, the RF4M Retro Show, which is part of the Real Fans for Real Movies Podcast Network. You can find that at RF4RM.com. My uh, YouTube channel, uh, Through the Lens Productions, where my latest short film, Wait a Second, is up. Click I'll, the bell for notifications and smash that like button. You can find the link to that in the description below, so you don't have to go far for it. If, if you enjoy it, please subscribe and hit the bell so you know all the notifications when I upload anything. Uh, Mike, I want to say thank you again for taking time every night and subjecting yourself Thanks to Thanks for torturing me, buddy, for, on my birthday week. You this will. is what it's like to turn 34. God, I'm 34 now. This sucks. Could be worse. You could be thirty-seven. Could be worse. I could be forty-four. <laughs> We're all gonna get there. We're all gonna die. Oh god! So come back next month as we continue to talk about Halloween and you get two for the price of zero. <laughs> exactly. And of course, we'll be talking more about geek and pop culture on the show. I hope everybody's enjoyed this episode as our look back at Halloween Resurrection. I hope it made this movie a little more tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> If you want, like, just play this while this movie's playing on. Like, it's going to be longer than the movie. But, I, you know. I still say we should have recorded ourselves when we watched it. No, we, we could have, but, like, there was so much shit we said that it could not be repeated on yes. Mike. Eh, the magic of editing. That's true, but then also, like, if anything... It would knock everything out of sync, I know. Yeah, yeah, and also then, uh, like, if I ever get, a, like, a job future on, it would be the kind of thing to be found to fire, get fired over. So, I hope everyone's enjoyed the review, and we'll talk to you again soon. Adios.